Let's Roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for all things Kings of War. as they delve into the world of Mantica and bring you in-depth coverage of all things Kings of War. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Rob Fenuff. Tonight we have a number of recordings that I made on day one of TNT, which would be Saturday, in which we played four games. Huge thanks to everybody that sat down and took their time out of their busy schedule to uh, chat with me. And an even bigger thanks to Andrew for not only chatting with me, but actually being called into duty and actually doing a little interviewing of his own. So sit back and enjoy. TNT, we have just started round one. I am with the TO Timothy Smith. Tim, how is it going so far? We got off to a great start. Got everyone registered on time. Got round one started on time. Got all the paper out to everybody. Uh, so it's looking like a good event. Everyone's having fun. So we ended up with 58 players. I guess we had, we had a couple drops, which is unfortunate, but not to be unexpected with a tournament of this size. For sure. Talk to us about what are some of the things you're doing differently in your tournament. One of the big things we tried last year was the blind sports scoring, right. where you assigned a quality to your opponents. And, but you didn't know what that quality was worth. So it was random. Like, there was different facets of sports scoring. You gave a score for your point, right. but you didn't know which one was going to count. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and Todd assigned those points as the TO. What we're doing differently this year is we gave the players a sheet with all the qualities on them, and they rank them from what they feel is the most important to least important. And then we're going to take that and determine how the points get distributed later. So they still won't know what each thing is worth, but it was the players that determined what they right. were worth. aggregately. So it's similar yeah. to Blue City, but you're doing it collectively. So yeah. Blue City, we each individual team decided for themselves the ranking. Mm-hmm. But you're saying collectively, you're gonna, they're basically voting. Yeah. And the reason, we do it, well, the reason we're doing that is, one, they get some input. But two, you can't squirrel points for maybe your buddy. Yeah. If you, you know, you're playing a friend and you want him to get a couple extra points, you give him something that maybe he doesn't or didn't deserve compared to someone else. Right. Uh, and then another change is we actually give the player the option to give one vote for their best game that they know is worth three points. So if someone really wanted to do that, they could. Um, but other Only than that, Sons of Vulcan would do that. Yeah, that, and they're always going to do that. Right. So that's the, that's the Sons of Vulcan Simon and Theodore. change. Yeah. We love you guys. We just, we just, you, you, you are the dojo of the Southeast. Yeah, when, when you're on the top, you're going to take some shots. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What about paint score? What'd you do there? So normally, TNT has been a checklist tournament where if you have it, you get the points for it. As far as keeping in tradition with that, we do have a checklist. You know, on the sheet, you'll check what fits your army. But some of the scores have some room for me to play with. From like one to two, one to five, mm-hmm. um, or just you get one point. Yep. Uh, that way we get a little more variation and some spread to actually see who the top army is based off the rubric. Right. Um, so hopefully that's a change that people will like. Um, so for your casual painter, you still can check and get most of the points. But for those who are more hobbyists, there's some extra points for them to get. And you have some things that are mutually exclusive, like yeah. if you've got conversions, uh, if you have a converted army, there's one, or you have 
you have points for people who just, I'm paint, painting stock models. Yeah. Which is, a, I've never seen that before. So the idea is we don't want people to power game the painting rubric. You can't max out all the points. You're going to have to pick and choose which ones you want to go for or which ones you have. So one that a good example is that one. There is points for if your army is built the way the manufacturer of those models intended them to be built. Right. And if you did that, you get those points. But if you're someone who wants to do some conversion work and make them your own, there's points for that. Uh, and you have the option that route to get more points. But the downside is you could actually get less points than just building them the way they're supposed to be. If you if, don't do it well. If or... they're poorly executed. Right. Interesting. With the painting rubric the way it is, has any of the high-end painters complained that they don't get to max out points? No. Um, a lot of them have liked the fact that it's not a checklist. Oh, good. And I think that's, again, because I put some room in there for spread. Yeah. So a, lot of, a big complaint last year and the year before was you had armies that were painted well, scoring the exact same as armies painted really well. Right. Or exceptional. Right. Uh, this year, there'll at least be some point spread there. Right. Well, let's talk about the armies. There's some really cool armies here. What stands out A to lot you? of great armies. Robert army. Lee's the one that I just... It's cool, man. You just love it? Incense burner. Yep. Music playing in the background. Yep. I mean... It's, He's got the typical Florida backdrop for his that's display right. board. That's so. the Florida display board coup de gras. Yeah. I mean, it's like... It pulls it all together. It does. And for those that don't know, you can go to Walmart and have a picture blown up. Stick it on the back of your display board and bam, boom, you, you got a landscape. But what 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 are, what are jumping out to you? Uh, of course, all the Blue City Brawlers brought great looking armies. The well, not not Devlin. Let's well, be yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on now, don't. He's you can riding, lump them in the club, but don't lump them in with great painters. He's, he's riding coattails. Yes. Um, the Mid Atlantic, all their players brought some great armies. Uh, Ray, Alex, Mike Atkins, of course. And Mike Atkins is really really pretty undead army. Yeah, he's, which is interesting. Uh, I feel like. Undead is probably going to likely win the painting award or uh, the player's choice award. There's just so many great looking. Austin Kerrigan. And I wonder if that army and the models that go in them don't support being painted really well. Right. They look good when they're done well. Yeah. Well, and in and, and Mike Atkins' case, it's very a lot of Mantic models. Isn't oh, yeah. It? I think it might be every Mantic model they make that he's using in those units. For those units. Yeah. That he could. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there's like a big demon thing, I think, that's maybe not Mantic. but uh, Yeah, just a few. I, I do say that I can actually kind of tell what Austin Kerrigan's army is from standing across the room. Really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's unusual. So we're I excited mean, about Austin. His strategy has always been find models he loves, oh. paint them, and then make them work in the game. Yeah, just find a use for them. Yep. Which can be difficult for your opponent if... If they're not familiar. Absolutely. Or, or if they're forgetful. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rob, what do you think of the setup, the event here as we've got I like going? it better than the last two years. Last two years, so 2016, we were in Nashcon. We didn't have enough room. Last two years, we split it, you know, Todd split it off, did his own thing. We were able to grow the event, which was great. Yep. But having it here in the middle of the, the vendor hall, basically, on um, the pageantry, we have, I've had more people that I've never met before yeah. come up to me. And obviously, for the cage in the ring, and they say that, but just people that are like historical war gamers, mm -hmm. maybe Warhammer fantasy players from 20 years ago, they're like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Because whatever you're doing, it looks like you're having a lot of fun. And so uh, it's it's interesting. I think uh, one thing we missed, we probably need to have a demo table yeah. for Kings of War because there's a lot of people here that... That would want to get a quick game in and see what it's like. Absolutely. Learn the rules. So next year, we definitely got to have a demo yeah. table. What's up with Jacob Malott? He's just got so much going on in his life, but luckily we found a player willing to take his spot. Nick. Yep. 
from Getting Kentucky. Old Warhammer player. Yeah. He's good. no good at – I've been watching him. He's no good at Kings of War. No, he's played it once maybe three years right. ago. But luckily Todd gave him a pretty fast list. He's playing against Ogres. Yep. We'll see how it goes. Should go well. But Ian hasn't played in a while either. And that was my one problem, you know, when you're doing the ringer and you – you can't throw the ringer against a top-tier player. That's just easy points. Well, but, you mean like throwing Shelby against Devlin Smith? Yeah. And it's EOD or Empire of Dust yep. against Empire of Dust. Well, we're going to find out which one's the best. Yeah. There's an award for it, That's so right. you got to earn it. Armies, any other armies jumping out at you? I haven't had a chance to go around and look at all the players I'm not 100% familiar with yet. There's a lot of we new just people got here. Set, there's a lot of new players. Yeah. I'd say we probably got at least... 10 to 12 new players Yeah, that this is their first and GT. I, what was the final count for number of women? I know Beth Ryan. Four. That's great. Yeah, that's a great That's a great amount. That's like 8% or something. Yeah. So We just need more. And why didn't Kara and Amy come down? We would I, love to have them. Then we could have had six. I would love to have them. They've been to every TNT prior, but they couldn't make it oh, this I time Oh, I bet around. you because of Sword of Kings being back-to-back. Probably. They've decided to go there. Which, I, I get it. That's fair. It's fair. It's fair. All right, costumes. They're, we're a wrestling theme event. They, so you're talking about player, other players here at the convention talking about people. Todd and I have both been getting hit up by lots of old guys who've been like, "Hey, what are you guys playing? And why is that one in a pink tutu?" Yeah. So we got old Ben Bowers over here, and his team is the Pineapple Express. Big old guy wearing his pink tutu and his big stomping boots. That's awesome. But Blue City, of course, came in their uh, yearly costumes. I like how they do a costume for the year. Yeah. Uh, the Mid-Atlantic, uh, they came in their costumes. But really, the one to point out is John Blakemore. Yeah. Over here is He's Randy Savage. He's fully committed to Ro- Macho Man Savage. Yep. Fully the committed. The only person I've seen more committed or equally committed to their costume would have been Seth Cook in, uh, two years oh, ago. Oh, Hulk Hogan. Hulk yeah. Hogan. You know, but there's a few other people that are doing great work. We with got the, Zach Nafor over here in his pink tutu. Oh, and it's great because he's got the big the big wrestler belly, you know, like yep. old school. Old school wrestler belly. With the tights and everything, mm-hmm. oh, and the, the, the leotard. Um, so we got, I mean, it's great to always see people embrace the event. You have people like Billy and then, again, John Blakemore, who painted special models for their manager yep. to embrace the wrestling theme. Um, that's the whole point of this event is just to come here, have fun, embrace it, and just be goofy. Just so did you want Jeff O'Neill to win the event? Is that why you paired him up with Bethany Ryan? I, I had no control over the pairings, all random. And well, except for Nathan and George. Yeah, except yeah. for Nathan. I, yeah. As a T.O., you get to pick that one right. game I mean, Nathan Clevenger deserved it. Let's yep. be honest. He does. And uh, that's my sweet revenge to Nathan for kicking my ass every game. And but I'm just glad Gibney was able to make it. Or at least his <laughs> army was. In his spirit. army made it. Yeah, which army. is a first. Usually it's the player in the army doesn't make it. Right. So, yeah, we got a, we got a Gibney replacement. That'll be fun for people. He's a little Gibney. He, he's got the, See, the, the physique. He's, you know, the problem with Gibney missing the event is this is the first event he was ever going to play in. And for him not to show up, you know, that's just hurting the community. Got to get those new players into the event. Absolutely, absolutely. What's on your docket for the rest of the weekend? What are you expecting? I'm hoping things just go smoothly and I can just be social for the rest of the weekend. We got off to that rough start with the venue hall and getting the the venue hall. Did we were delayed by five or six hours for being able to set up? So a little bit of snafu, but we were able to work through it. Yeah, and got it got it set up, but that kind of put me behind on some of the paperwork I needed to get ready, getting the ring set up, getting the table set up. So hopefully that was the rough part, and the rest of the weekend we can just So what's the one through. thing you learned so far that you wish you would have known three weeks ago about being a TO? Apparently, people love their pens for free from the event. Really? Yep. I was handing out the packets, and everyone's like, you got a pen for me? You got a pen for me? You got yeah. a pen for me? I was like, no. That's part of being prepared. Bring your own pen. 
It's literally part of the sports scoring. Are you prepared or not? So I had to run out and uh, buy a bunch of pens. Got to give the, the uh, group what they need. That just never never crossed my mind. I always bring my own pens. Now I'll lose a pen. I'll lose Absolutely. them. But I brought them. All right, Tim. We'll catch up with you in a little bit after round one. Sounds great. I am back with Mr. Felix Castro. Uh, you're at NashCon this weekend for TNT. And yep. the next weekend you're in Sorta Kings. Because uh, my wife is angling for your wife to be the best uh, spouse Abs- in Kings of War. Absolutely. So if I'm not divorced by the end of the month, we'll see. A- absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about, we'll get Billy on in a minute, but you just played Billy. In, well, let's start with this, round one. Who'd you play? I played uh, Charlie Ryan. And how'd that game of, go? Uh, I think he's out of Bowling Green, Kentucky. He is out of Bowling Pretty Green. Pretty good. Uh, we got a tie out of it, which was probably about what I was looking to get. I didn't want to. This, this is a tough room, so I didn't really need to be running into the Mike Atkins and you know Keith Randall's of the world round two. So, uh, and, and we're now joined by Mr. Billy Smith, who is resplendent in his orange. Resplendent. That's an adjective uh, we have not heard on this podcast before. That's probably that's probably an unplugged gamers type of word. Yeah, it's true. They read. They, they read and do things. So let's talk about the game two you guys played. Yep. Uh, give us the, the armies, and let's uh, just give us an overview of the game. Well, we were playing Occu- was Occupy. No, Control. Control. Oh, control. What? Whatever. This is all going away in 3rd edition anyway. Played, uh, <laughs> played Control, so it was basically almost a rematch of our Mountaineer, uh, Billy's Dwarves versus my Basilians, because uh, made a promise to my uh, secret chat cave that I was going to play all one army for one year, so... This is my second-to-last GT with the Basilians, so... Because you can't play them anymore, or are you just you're retiring them? I am retiring them. They, okay. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things. They, they are a great army in the hands of guys like Tom Annis and stuff like that. They do a lot of good things. It just doesn't work for me as a right. play style right. and all that stuff, so... Uh, it's, it's one of those things, lesson learned. You know, I, I wasn't a Warhammer refugee, so I didn't have that define play style coming into Kings of War. So I'm kind of figuring it out now, you know, third year of playing tournaments and stuff like that. And just kind of realizing that the Elite Alpha Strike just doesn't quite uh, just too much, uh, not enough margin for error, you know. You get that one, three on the re-roll when you needed a four, and your Aloi Horde's dead. So... Um, I guess we can actually talk about the game. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you know, might as well, right? As Billy would say, that's fine, that's fine. That's fine. Right, so, um, man, I, I, I re- pretty classical deployments. There wasn't anything. I mean, there wasn't yeah. anything too crazy. Not like uh, Mountaineer, where we had three Snake Eyes on the same Brock Rider regiment. So um, we only had one. We only had one. It was pivotal. Yeah, but uh, only one. So, I'm, so my dice are improving. They're not quite hitting all the Snake Eyes. Just one. Uh, Billy had a couple Snake Eyes too, but it was one of those like actually one did keep an inspiring source around for a little bit longer. So. Yeah, one wasn't as con. There were a couple nerve rolls that like I needed a four and I rolled a three, or I right. needed a five and I rolled. You know, it's a couple ones like but that. But versus the craziness of the Mountaineer matchup, this was a lot more like Normal. dice were sane, nothing too crazy. Our dice weren't, you know, spinning too much. It was a really nice tactical game. It's always a fun game with Billy. Also, too, with Vassalans, dwarves are just a really I wouldn't say a hard counter, but it's a tougher matchup for the Vassalans because the high nerve and def- defense doesn't matter as much. But that high nerve is really what gets the Vassalans because they get stuck in on stuff. Right, and if you don't kill them, it's like, well, now you're grounded. Right. So, but uh, but no, it was a pleasurable match. So it's just like I said, it's just that one snake eyes. I mean, I hate to blame dice, but you know, well, I could have just played better. Just well, like, you can play. You can blame the dice. 
I mean, that's that's, I mean, that's this viable. Is, this is the internet, right? So all the rage towards the dice. Absolutely, yes. it's always the dice's fault. I mean, honestly, it, it played out very similarly similarly to our Mountaineer game. I mean, as far as like the movements and the right. the, the tactics, because we're playing almost the exact same army. It's right. literally what a hundred point difference. Yep, hundred points less. So I'm down an army standard bearer and like an item. I'm, right. I'm like item. It's items for me, pretty right. much. So. Yeah. This is your first TNT? Their very first time. Right, well, give us, let me start with this. What were your expectations for TNT? And then how did the, your expectations be met? Well, you know, like I said, I, TNT's been on my bucket list to go to tournaments. Problem is, is that when it was traditionally being held in May, that was my do- my oldest daughter's birthday. And right. obviously I'm not, hey, honey, I'm going to go disappear no. for a weekend and not celebrate your birthday. So I couldn't. But this year when they moved NashCon to August, I was like, sweet, I can do it now. Uh, expectations? I mean, I really was wanting the zany costumes and the, the, the pageantry that is a wrestling-inspired, you know, tournament. You know, the cage and the uh, ring matches, you know, kind of met my expectation. But just, yeah, this is a nice venue. The hotel's nice. The the big the hall's big. There's a lot of, not a lot, but there's some vendors here that I can probably look into later. So And there's... Uh- more than I was expecting selling Kings of War stuff, which is cool. Right, I noticed one that had like a greater like Earth Elemental for sales. Like, oh, okay, wow. Yeah. I'm also almost positive. I saw David Cross going to the bathroom earlier. It's funny because we're, we're getting people that, most of which I've never met before, and it's like, oh, I'm only a few hours from Memphis. I would love to come play with you. Or, hey, I run FlintCon up in Michigan. Oh, I know. And it's like people we know and know and know. And it's, right. like, it's like, well, how? The communities are a lot bigger than we know. Right. And we're bumping into people. Yeah, we just met a guy. I'm sure you've talked about it already. No, just, I haven't. We just met His a name guy. Is Duncan. Yeah, he's like two Duncan hours, Walden. an hour and a half, two hours away from right. Memphis for us. And it's like, well, yeah, come on down. I mean, that was something that, that Rob touched when he was talking to Duncan earlier. I mean, the advantages of having an event at NashCon versus its own separate GT is that you're not going to get too many people walking by at a separate GT going, oh, what's that? But if the guy's at NashCon, he's just walking around looking at all the tables. He's like, oh, it's, wait. It's funny, it's a little bit, this is sound weird, but it's sort of the same thing with church. The church already has the faithful. Who they need are the unfaithful. And so you need to go outside the box. I mean, here you're getting people that are not, they, they're not playing Kings of War. Right. But they're, they're predisposed to like Kings of War. I thought you meant converting people by the sword. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah, uh, that, that too. Yeah. Yeah, that is a much better <laughs> method. Right, right. So you guys are having a good time, I assume? I'm having a blast. Like, yes. I mean, to go two for two on awesome opponents so far is amazing. You know, same Z's. Yeah, because Charlie Ryan's a great. You know, he's the perennial like sports guy so out of Kentucky. So you're two. You're what? You're, you've won a game and you've tied a game. Tied a game. So yes. technically, you are undefeated at this point. Undefeated. Also, still undefeated in challenges. Still yeah. undefeated against aristocrats. So what I'm curious about is how's the game with Bowen and Alex Chavez going? Uh. It's tough for me because I want Bowen to fail so I can be the best person in our club and change the club chat colors. But also I want Alex Chavez to fail so there's a chance that I could get best dwarf player. It's That's rough. Yeah. Hard decisions to be made by Billy Captain. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks, guys, for coming on and chatting. Yeah, and no we'll problem, talk very man. soon. Oh, definitely. This is after round two. Top table there. Two of the heaviest hitters in the Southeast. Christopher James rocking the unorthodox undead that everybody doesn't know how to play it or play against it or how it's going to play. I don't know how it's possibly going to work. I've heard that a hundred times. Uh, and then Jeff O'Neill, the tried and true, I'm just going to run you over with 
goblins yep. shoot you up the table. Let's just talk about the armies you brought and how the game went. It is the control scenario. Yeah, I played goblins. I had five of the rabble hordes, three spitter, uh, two spitter regiments, three of the flea bag, uh, archer units, four catapults, three magic users. Um, that may have been about it. Is that your normal type of list? No, uh, this is a lot more infantry, a lot less shooting. Um, trying to be a little bit more balanced. Right. Is that any particular reason? Are you just bored of the other one, or are you just... Well, unfortunately, with the new rules that came out last year, I have to have the unlocks. Right, because the irregulars right. with the shooters. And you know, my three unlock options are either rabble or sharp sticks or flea bag riders or spider chariots. Right. So I tried the spider chariots, and they're just way too fragile. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying something a little bit more durable, a little less offensive. Right. Over to you, Christopher. What are you bringing? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's undead, but what's in the list? Is it just the master's list? Yep, it's basically my master's list, except the pharaoh is kind of toned down as the manager. Instead right. of the pharaoh, it's uh, Hulk Hogan, which is a more combat character. Right. Um, but uh, Trooper Wraiths, two regiments, Barrel Whites with regen because of Morgoth's uh, special thing. Uh, two Revenant Kings on Great Undead Worms, that Lich King with Levitation, and the manager. Yeah, that's about it. Let's start with Jeff. What were you thinking about going into the game? Well, the minute they rolled control, that was my perfect mission against Chris. Right. And so I stood up very defensively. I was going to make him come across the table, grind with me, and just count on my superior unit strength holding out. Right. So I, I couldn't have asked for anything more. And over to you, you probably didn't like Control. Pretty much the opposite. I saw Control, and I'm like, probably the worst scenario I could have gotten in the matchup. Right. Um, I, I think Jeff hit it pretty well. Um, basically, what happened last, or at Discover, um, basically a, my list works really well when I have to have you chase me when playing Jeff. However, it was kind of the other way around, where I have to chase Jeff. And that's exactly what he wants in Control. And it, that's pretty much how it laid out. The overview of the game. Well... We ended up, I won, barely. I think I probably had three quadrants, you had, two, yeah. two or something like yeah. that. Um, Chris did the right thing. He set up away from me in a position to contest four. I set up in the opposite corner in a position to contest four. I got to go last. That's, so that's a big, a big thing advantage. control. Mm -hmm. I was very careful with my three flea bags because they can move 20. I knew Absolutely. if I went last, I had a good chance of grabbing the last mm -hmm. objective, but... I hate to say it, the game really went my way lucky on turn one. I took some long shots at his Wraith troop. I think it was the Wraith troop first. And I mean, I only had like two or three shots. But defense six. And defense six, but I got enough wounds and then rolled very high, and it was gone. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this game, if you can roll good, oh yeah, <laughs> it's always a, it's in a bonus. And then on turn two, the Wraith regiment, same thing happened. Very oh. few shots, went great. I rolled sky high. So at the end of turn two, I'm like, I, I, I don't know he can get to me. Right? Yeah, I suddenly didn't have a left flank. Yeah. That's what it was. So uh, give us your perspective on the game. I think after turn two, I was like, well, I don't think I'm winning this. And I, I think that's a really bad attitude to have, but it was pretty much conserve as many points as possible. What would you do differently? I mean, you won the game, so maybe you won't do anything Well, you know, I think, Chris, we're what, two and two now yep. against each two other? Two and two. Okay. Uh, I think he played it exactly right. It was just a bad scenario, and I got right. off to a quick start. And I don't know I could have done anything any better. Um, yeah. 
And, I, and like I told Chris earlier, I was just playing to win. When you play a good player, I'm not worried about bonus points. Or Absolutely. I, just let me win. Absolutely. Thank you and let me move on. So, I, so I'm very pleased. third edition's right around the corner. What's got you most excited about third edition? Uh, for third edition, just I feel like and we, we kind of talked about it yesterday. Yeah. I feel like a lot of new rules are going to clear up a lot of frustration. And I think a lot of older players had, um, which I think clearing up that frustration, like the, I feel like... The one-inch rule. I know you don't like I've, that rule. Yeah, personally, I feel like the one-inch rule will go away. I'm yeah, not, it is going to go away. Oh, it is? Yeah, I mean, they've already said they're not, you're not going to bounce back anymore. Perfect. So, yeah, yeah, especially So that. you can do it. You, it's an optional thing on your turn to bounce back. If right, you right. Back. But yeah. you'll, stay, you'll stay touching. Yeah, so I think that's going to bring a lot of new players in. I'm excited to like kind of look over the armies and kind of decide what my new army is going to be. I think I'm leaning towards Mantic Orcs, which will be pretty awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Over to you. The, I am, before you say, I, I think you're going to love third edition because I think I think you're just ready for something different. Look, I have fun. But, yeah. But I am frantically painting elves. Oh, okay. Every rule change, the, there's two things you've got to do. Yeah. Make elves better and make orcs and trident realms and lizard men worse. <laughs> and so I am confident <laughs> that, like, elf bow hordes will probably be 75 points. They'll probably hit on a one. Uh. You know, so I am... So do I, the opposite. I am painting so many elf bowmen. And well, so what you're going to do is you're going to go counter meta, and the elves are actually going to be not as good, and you're going to bring them back. If you're going to make them no, look no, I hate elves. But I mean, if, if the rules <laughs> say this is the only army we're going to protect every time we change rules, yeah, I, I actually think I foul. think you're going to see elves take it on the chin. That's my personal opinion. I just. You know, no bane chain on shooting. There's there's some things I'm hearing like it probably is not going to be an elf happy day. I think elves are going to be they're not going to struggle. They're not going to let them struggle. But I mean, right. I think they're going to they're going to bring them down a little bit. I think new armies. What do you guys got in the, the works? Elves and lizard men. Is there salamanders? Salamanders. Yeah. Now that's an place. army that needs some love. I would love. I am an okay painter. My best paint job ever is my salamander army. It is beautiful. I just wish it was competitive. Yeah. So if it gets better, that's what well, I'll What like. does it need? Because Not much. Yeah. Just a little. I mean, every unit is just a tad pricey compared to other people's units. But you multiply that by 10 units, Absolutely. and I'm playing a unit or two down. Absolutely. And they, if they're just average, I'd play it. Absolutely. Um, I'm, thinking, I'm leaning towards Mantic Orcs at the moment. Yeah. Um, I also want to do a human army. I feel like I've never done one, uh, but I'd really have to look at the rules. But you got to stay out. away from Northern Alliance. Everybody's yeah, going to do Northern Alliance. Exactly. Give that a couple years and then come back to it. Exactly. So I'd have to look at the rules and everything for what comes out, but human army. I'm so afraid. you guys are like top three probably in our in our region? If I have heard correctly. I think Nate is four or five points ahead. Then I think Chris and Keith are yeah, right there, and I'm one point behind them. So we're going to see you at the Masters? No. Oh, man. I, so we're not going to send our best team. You know, when we have it in the winter, right? I'm a tax CPA, yeah, I, right for my mm -hmm. deadline, and we're going to have it in a part of the country where I could get snowed in. Yeah, it's there, tough. There's, there's it's no tough. chance it's I can go. Yeah. But we're going to see you there, right? I'm not sure yet. Uh, I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> but even if you don't make the team, come up, play, side event. I'm I mean, not you're not, sure. and it's not like you're not going to make the team. Come on, come on. I'm, you can just uh, stop by Nathan's house, drop off. He'll he'll fly, he'll take your army up there for you. <laughs> he's he's like he's like the pack mule of the southeast. <laughs> yeah, there's not much else I can say. More, uh, I'm honestly not sure. All right, what are you guys looking forward to the rest of the weekend? 
It is great seeing everybody. I know we're about ready to talk to Ray. Ray yeah. and I met two years ago. We've had two epic last die roll battles. Yeah. But off the table, Ray has always been first class all the way. It's always fun to see him. Uh, it's fun seeing some of the newer or younger players here. Yeah, and, Jackson, Blakemore. Uh, the, the ladies have made a much bigger appearance. And, yeah, uh, there's four of them, I think, which is great. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I played Bethany first round, and with a very polite, happy smile, she crushed a few of my units, and it was just hard awesome. to get mad at her. That's awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, guys. I Thank appreciate you, you guys. Go Have a great lunch, and good luck for the rest of the tournament. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. I'm here with Alan, right? Yeah, Alan Morrison. And where are you from? From the Atlanta area. Atlanta. So you're part of the Gigabytes crew? Part of the Gigabytes crew. So Brian Tucker. Brian Tucker, Patrick Justice, David Lundy. Absolutely. Who's your favorite player out of those guys? Oh, man. I'm pretty sure I have to say uh, Brian, only because we live about a minute from each other. Okay. And he knows where I live. And so you play with him quite a bit, I imagine. Quite a bit. A lot of pickup games. He's actually, I actually uh, started playing going to one of his demos. At Discover Games? Yep. Awesome. I, I had actually never played a uh, a mass battle like this before. Really? Yep, so I'm actually one of the guys through his Pathfinder that actually got into the game. That's awesome. How long have you been playing the game? Just a little more than a year. Why did you try tabletop wargaming? To be honest, I'd always been interested in it, and for a better part of a decade, I was driving almost two hours each way to work. Okay. I had no time. Right. And so I always told myself, man, when you get more time... You're going you're gonna to find a hobby that you like, something that you enjoy Absolutely. doing. I've always been interested in it. And so when all of a sudden my drive went down to a 15, 20-minute drive, I had been uh, following some of the boards on uh, Facebook. Fanatics and whatnot, yeah. Fan- yeah. Fanatics. Um, Brian runs a... Uh, Kings of War Worldwide. Kings of War Worldwide. And then I was also following like the Georgia group. Yep. Saw that he was doing the, the Georgia demo. Kings of War. Georgia Kings of War and uh, went out. What army do you play? I play Abyssal Dwarves. Is that the only army you have so far? Right now, it's the only army I have built. Okay. And in fact, it looks great, by the way. The, Very pretty. This is the first tournament that I've had a painted army. Okay. Um, well, great. I, yeah, I actually We're... had planned to work on it for uh, months, and then all of a sudden work was crazy. So, right. so I basically took off a week last week and just said, I will paint an army. Really? A whole, a whole week? A whole week. How many tournaments... Have you been? You've been to Brian's team. I, I, um, I was the ringer at Discover. Okay. Um, I've been to. I went started this year with Siege right. of Augusta. Ringer at Discover. Uh, I played uh, last month in Tennessee at ATC. Yep. And uh, TNT. So TNT is definitely the Siege was also. Big, yeah, Siege just, was fifty plus players. Yeah, but um, this is the first one where I I kind of felt confident in the army that I'm playing. I felt like I knew what the rules were a little bit. Right. Better. Right. Well, what's in your list? Well, my list right now is uh, two uh, regiments of a moral guard. Awesome. Two gargoyles. Uh, two, as you do, right? As you do. <laughs> two uh, hordes of uh, lesser obsidian golems, one regiment of lesser obsidian golems. So kind of creating a wall with that. Mm-hmm. And then um, two half-breeds and bracky, because you got to take that Bardoon formation no, if you're going to do mean, it. It's, it's stupid not to, right? Yeah, and then uh, two iron casters. Who would you play in the first round? First round, I played uh, Joey Greek. He's a good player. Good player. How'd you do? We went a right down the middle tie, 11-11. I got plus five on attrition. Not plus five points. I'm saying I you were five more I killed points 12 in attrition. He killed 12-50. Oh, that's freaking So we great. were he and I were just those are like the middle. most fun games. Yeah. Because you never really know how it's gonna come out. It's just super, super close. Who'd you play in game two? Uh game two, I played um Zach DeCourt. Yeah. Uh, he was the one who had that crazy um uh shooting list for Abyssal Dwarves. Yeah. And 
to be honest, I haven't had a whole lot of experience playing that. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, heading up against nine war machines, it was a little... So what happened in that game? Um, basically, what I did was I created the wall with the golems. Defense and I six. moved everything behind it. Defense six. And then when I got up to that front, exploded. Yeah, and so you wiped them out. Yeah, it was, it was a... It was a really fun game, but yeah. it, it was a little lopsided in the score, so that kind of helped me out. Well, there. sometimes the games, sometimes the scores don't reflect the actual game. Yeah, but that might have been one that really. It, it was a fun game, great guy, awesome. a lot of fun to play with. And then you got to play. You, so you win a game, and your reward is to play Alex Chavez. That was a great learning opportunity. <laughs> I like the way yeah. you phrase it. Yeah, that you're, was. You're, you're a glass half full kind of guy. Yeah, by uh, by end of turn t- uh, turn three, I'm like, okay, we're gonna learn from this game what we can because it was a shaming. Right. Well, and but great guy to play. Absolutely, made, but he's a really it, he's really good with his yeah, dwarves. Made it fun. He was terrible time. with all the other armies he's played. So he finally broke down and went back to what he knows. Yep. And he's he's been pounding people pretty yeah, good. But here's the thing, is that he destroyed me, and I had a lot of fun because he was yeah. a, he was a great guy to play. Well, I think you probably learned more in that game than you learned in a few other games, right? Absolutely. I mean, he's going to tell you at the end or even wildly, yeah. you, you learn. Yeah, and I even told him, I said, hey, this is a learning experience by this point. So we were talking about maybe some mistakes I made in deployment and this and that. It made it really great. TNT, what do you think? Don't get me wrong. I love the guys who did Siege. Brian doesn't count because, like I said, he lives near me. Right. No, but, um, but I was a ringer at Discover. This is probably some of the most fun I've had at a tournament just because, first of all, getting this is the first tournament where when I go, it's not like, oh, my gosh, who's this? Like, I'm actually walking in and knowing people here. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I mean, talk about some great guys to play with, you know? It's fun. What about the theme? You like, are you a wrestling fan? I grew up watching wrestling, so yeah. I'm, re- yeah. It, it was actually kind of funny is that um, I told a friend of mine, I said, yeah, I'm going, and, you know, it's kind of wrestling thing. And he looked at me, and he's like, why aren't you dressing up? He w- right. who doesn't even come. Why didn't upset. you come dressed up? You know what? I just, I. Next year. I, I'm a big guy. I, it, finding spandex to hey, fit was going to be a challenge. Didn't but. you say you played Zach? He's yeah. got the balls to put it on. That was a heck of He's a costume. He's got the pink leotard. It was a heck of a pink. costume. Yeah. What else is on your docket for the rest of the year? For the rest of the year, um, definitely going to go to Forge. Uh, well, absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait for Forge. No, Forge. Such a good, the Sons of Vulcan guys are awesome. Oh, the great guys. Um, Cody Smith's been working on a bunch Crucible. of us. Crucible, are you going? Please Crucible, tell me you're going. Crucible's a maybe. Yeah. Because um, I got some vacation and everything that's kind of like button up to it, but yeah. I'm going to see if I can uh, make it happen. Swing it. You got you to work on the brownie points with the, the family and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then what else? Um, and that's going to be probably this year. For 2019. For two, 2019. Are you going to the Masters with us, even if you don't play on the team? Brian actually brought it up on the drive up, and I'm actually thinking about it because, first of all, the you know kind of love the idea of absolutely. a Masters game and a non-Masters absolutely. game for people coming. And to be honest, you uh, you sell me with the idea of blackjack in the evening, so maybe. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, casino? Casino? We Come have on. not done a casino yet. So, and so uh, there's also something about a, a, a venue where you don't leave the venue. You yeah. just stay at the venue. Stay in the venue. And so you're always your together with your friends, Yep. which is cool. Next year, what events are on your horizon? Oh, man. Okay, so definitely got to do Siege. And to be honest, I heard a lot of guys had a good time going to Adepticon. Adepticon's great. So uh, it was 60, 60 plus players. It was a lot of fun. I expect more of the same next year. Um, it's different than yep. any other event on the on the map because it's it's Adepticon. Yeah. I don't know. Five thousand gamers. I don't know. It's some stupid number. It's big. And to be honest, it was one of those ones that every person I talked to who went to Adepticon, nobody nobody's giving you a bad time. Nobody's saying, oh. You know, I'm not sure I'd go again. Everybody's like, yeah. oh, yeah, we're definitely going again yeah. next year. Well, and part of that might be, 
What other game systems have you played in the past? Have you played Magic or anything like uh, that? Uh, played Magic. Um, yeah, a lot of card games back then. The, uh, the old Star Trek um, card game from the, from the Cypher. Yeah. Yeah. The um, uh, Star Wars card game. So played that for a while. G- give me a perspective of you compare those communities to the Kings of War communities. Is there any differences that you notice? Well, night and day. I mean, the problem is. I didn't just look at demos for Kings of War when I started. Yeah. And to be honest, I looked at some other, you know, uh, you know Age of Sigmar groups, 40K yeah. groups. Because mm-hmm. I, I had some friends who played 40K way back in the day. Yeah. And, you know, I'd hang out with them and I'd watch them play it. But the problem was, I mean, this wasn't a, a competitive thing where people were going to tournaments. This was friends hanging out in the garage and people weren't speaking to each other. It was just something about the it's game. Weird. It's kinda weird. kind of drove that. Yeah. And, you know, watching how people were interacting and, you know, going to Discover. and kind of, The first year I went to Discover and just kind of watch. And just the community completely different. It's funny. That, that's like the one reaction or the one observation that people that have not, that don't even play Kings of War, um, that are in this room with us that are either vendors or they're playing historical games, is the observation they keep telling me is that everybody's smiling. There's no crosswords. It's like, it's almost like, are we even playing a competitive game? Yep. I don't know. It doesn't look like it. There's other tournaments or other events where, what, for whatever reason, there is an animosity. There's a, there's a, there's just like a malaise sometimes. Something about it drives people to be that way. And it's like, you know, we talk about maybe going down the Crucible and that. Yeah, right? you need to go. It's well, great. Here, but here's the thing. I'm not thinking about what list I would take of this and that. Brian and I talk about, you know, it would be cool to go hang out with the guys that we know. Yeah, and them. I'm sure you got to meet all the guys already up here. Jacob Data, oh. and Christopher James, and Robert Lee, and Jamie Ward. Jacob and I have gotten to an uncomfortable level of hugging. Jacob? Yeah, me and He's me and a Jacob. great hugger, by oh, the way. And hugger. you guys are both kind of big guys. Big guys, and you bring it in tight, and <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Jacob is a really cool guy. But uh, no, I mean, they're, they're, good, they're a good group of guys, and that's when, you know, we're talking about going to Crucible is, you know, do we want to go and play a game? Sure. Yeah. But it's going to hang out and seeing people, and that's what's really kind of Absolutely. How's the scene in Atlanta? The scene in Atlanta is getting a lot better. Now, you guys are technically playing in Fayetteville, right? Yeah, technically we're playing in Fayetteville. How, how far, for those of us that are geographically challenged, how far is that from Atlanta? So from downtown Atlanta, you're probably talking half an hour. Right. So, the, But the thing is, is that everything in Atlanta is an hour away. You kind of right. get used to it. Right. So the thing is, is that we have like a lot of one days up at Gigabytes and things yeah. like that. Yeah, not in Marietta, right? Yeah. And we've got no problem. Like, people drive in a lot. People nobody's giving the excuse of oh it's too far because people want to spend time right. together and so the one days we're getting a good group of people we got a good core we got a lot of people coming and watching things so yeah. Atlanta's really kind of grown with it what's the next army for you you got one army down what's next to be honest I think it's going to be Basileo <sighs> so here, you know the formations aren't going to be a thing next I know year. Well, so so here's how it works is that my brother lives in DC. Yes. And so why aren't you going to the Nova? Why aren't you Well, because this year work was crazy. All right, gotcha. But we're kind of like building up to it, but like I was t- just talking to Alex because being up in DC. Right. And we're all of a sudden talking about how I was going to try to pull my brother in and I'm already texting my brother going, "Hey, I got maybe a, a demo, you got to go see the game." But that was the thing is that he comes down and visits a lot. And I'm like, right. hey, if I have a second army for him, absolutely, he could come and play That's with us. That's the easiest way to get somebody to play and say, hey, no, no, no. I don't the need only you to invest anything. I, I just need you to come time. out and see to play the game. Exactly. What are you sitting then? Uh, I am one, one, and one right now. That is like, we would call that the counter charger. That's yeah. like perfectly mediocre. No, that is in the, it's what I got at. Uh, I don't know how you can stay there, though, because it's impossible to kind of. It's what I got at ATC uh, last month. Really? Yep. Perfect okay. 50-50. Oh, and that's so great. That's the, 
Well, obviously, TNT's still going. we got two more rounds tomorrow. Oh, no, we got, we got one more round got today. one more round today. And then two more rounds tomorrow. So we're only halfway through the, the event. Yeah. What are you expecting? What's, I mean, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you hope comes out of the, this event? So this is my goal every time I go to a tournament. Even. Just right now, I'm 1-1-1. One, one, one. i got three more games. If I went 1-1-1 one, one, one again, I'd be happy. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Hopefully, we'll get you back on again soon. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. So we're back after round three. We're with Dwayne Richardson. How's the day going? For me, the day's going awesome. The first two games kind of went a little bit slow, uh, but then I picked up with uh, playing Felix Castro, and he plays super fast because it's not hard to table a guy, um, you know. So you played Grant in the first round. Grant in the first then round. Then you played Shelby in the second round. Shelby Perkins. Perkins, yep. And then you and played then Felix Castro. Felix. Felix is a great guy, too. He's he fun is. to play. Yeah. So where are you sitting record-wise? Lost to draw one. Who'd you draw against? Shelby? Shelby. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how is the Army playing on the table? Is it what you expected? Um, this is not Ratkin, right? This is... Yeah, no, this is Dwarf. So... It's playing, I'm getting more used to it. Uh, the scenarios is what's actually, so I'm allowing the scenarios to kind of drive how I deploy and stuff. And that's, I think, I'm getting too much in my head. So, um, that, so sometimes that. if, you, if you're not experienced with the army, you just, you just play the kill in your yep. head and then just wait that. the scenario, where are you gonna, yeah. where are you gonna land? Yeah. Or you can play the scenario and just not worry about attrition and all that. Yeah, stuff. turn six is like, oh yeah, there's an objective. <laughs> I'm exactly, to do. Yeah. exactly. Having a good time? Uh, absolutely. Other than this spending awesome. $8 dollars on a beer. Yeah, yeah, that's not good. But, you but yeah, say other something than that, it's really good. Where'd Ian go? I don't even know where Ian is. He's, he was here a minute ago. Uh, He's chatting somebody. I don't know well, where he went. He's not important. So no, it's okay. Yeah, not important. So the army, uh, you're going to keep playing dwarves? Well, dwarves are kind of my go-to because, um, one, they're the only army I have painted right now. So that's, that's kind of what I play. Um, and I'm not a finesse player. Right. So the flying and that type of stuff, getting into it, that I, I don't understand it enough yet to be able to. Are you be just good saying you it. just walk across the table and punch people in the yes, face? Yes, that's that's kind of. And then how maybe I add some shooting. And then add some shooting and yep, yeah, yeah, work it work it like that. But yeah, I, I mean I I will probably always play dwarves at some point, but uh, my next army I'm gonna paint up is gonna be orcs. I can't so, wait to see them. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. And um, so I'm looking forward to that. But Hopefully Nathan and the and the boys will help me with uh, my gamesmanship. They will, and, and Nathan will show you how to play dwarves at a very high level. Exactly, and tell you probably tell you that everything you're doing is wrong, Dwayne. <laughs> probably everything you're doing is wrong. You gotta do it this way, and that's okay. I'll take that. So. Exactly. Yep. Did you get any other? I mean, obviously you've been playing in the tournament. Have you picked up anything interesting? Buy anything? Um, see anything? So I. Did buy one of the uh, the Mastiff Handler dwarf. Oh yeah, guys. from Vanguard. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a good model. Oh, it's awesome. And I had an English Mastiff, and I love that dog. So um, why not have that? Absolutely. And then um, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Really, like it's almost too much. Kings of War is all over the place here, which is amazing to see. Yeah, yeah. Sixty players in the middle of the room. It's yeah. And everybody's having fun, and that's what that. It, it seems so funny. Because in here, 
Um, the environment is completely different than when you go to the other rooms that are playing. Right, the have all the tournaments games. and stuff. Yeah, it's like nobody looks at each other. Nobody's nobody's drinking. No, I mean, it's just it's like tight and competitive and just it's serious. Not, yeah, not a lot of fun. But yeah, so the environment is completely different in here, and it's an environment that I enjoy. So um, it's a lot of fun. Everybody talks to everybody, and um, for the most part, you know, I hang out with these guys. So it's a lot of fun. We're now joined by Ian, Dwayne's partner in crime and Air Force brethren. Brethren, there you go, <laughs> battle brother. How is your day going, sir? We haven't we haven't chatted in a while. Oh, uh, it's going all right. It's going all right. Well, oh, that's. What does that mean? Uh, I actually won my first game, which because you played the uh, Nick, the, the ringer, yeah. Right. Well, he's a ringer, but he had a pretty tough list. He did. Uh, Basilean had a little bit of Elo. I hit like a little, like a they I do used a truck. They do. Um, but yeah, it was a fun game. Um, and then Nathan destroyed me in game two. Nathan Clevenger. Yes, but learned a lot. Absolutely. And then who'd you play in game uh, three? Mike Evans. How'd you do in that one? Uh, lost as well. Well, so I told you that every time I play Night Stalkers with my ogres. They pound the living crap out of me, which they're not supposed to be able to do. Yeah, but yet they find a way. The fiends are really good. That's yeah. What I, that's what I learned. Fiends are no fun. So what would you change in your list? You're three games in. What would you change? I really don't know. I, I guess a second regiment or second horde of boomers. Mm -hmm. I'm only taking one, so I don't have a ton of shooting, uh, which just to clear would out. Would you swap that out for warriors? Would you swap out the no, Rockamox Finest? Yeah, probably Rockamox Finest, although they did work against the Scarecrows. I think they took out three hordes of Scarecrows. Well, the 30 attacks, and they're not with their defense yeah. four, right? So. But yeah, I don't know. I think I just need that second unit of boomers to uh, help clear chaff. I'm having some right. issues getting right. chaffed up and then not getting the charges I want. Exactly. So. Same question to you, Dwayne. What would you change in your list if you could do it all over again? I need something that flies. I need. I need. They a, don't have anything with that no, well, for me. I, I need wings of honey maze or something. Oh, okay. Because I need something that. Uh, I thought I was can, gonna say I'll just take. I'll just take angels. Yeah. Right. You know, I'll Ally, make giant no, copters. No, no. I need. Ally. I need a hero hunter. Is what you I need. Need a hero. I'm gonna have to insert that song. You <laughs> need a hero. Well, so that would be my second thing, right? Uh, I, with ogres, I'm struggling too with uh, the flyers and then the fast individuals. And that's where the boomers would help you. Yeah. The boomers can turn around and shoot. Yep. And at least gives them pause. If I land there. I can't. I won't be charged, but I can get shot in the face. Yeah, and with only having one horde of boomers in my list, I just don't have enough. And you do. But you do have the uh, the boomer sergeant. Yeah, that's only eight attacks. So yeah, and he his dice have not been. He's he's been demoted <laughs> to a corporal. He's no longer a sergeant. <laughs> yeah. So so you would look to be adding some more mobility. In your I would. List. Yeah. So I. Am, do you have, by the way, do you have rocks in your list? I do. Okay, I have good. two regiments rocks, which are are doing work. I mean, they are like rocks do. Um, I really love the um, Ranger Hernias's Ranger Party or whatever formation. it's called. Yeah, the formation. Two regiments of Rangers and Hernias. Hernias is like maybe my, one of my favorite characters yeah. because he's like a walking bolt thrower. Yes. Yeah. And you just got to get one wound yep. to make that nerve test. Yeah. He's and the guy to do it. He has actually survived all three of my games. Because people ignore him? No, because he just survived. He's a badass. He's just a badass. He's like the Terminator. Yep. Yeah, so... Um, so I'm digging that, but yeah, I need something that flies that can get after some stuff that's coming after me, um, and just sitting back and plinking because that's Absolutely. really what the three armies have done to me um, is they they've been able to sit back and plink because I just can't get to them. I yeah, mean, and, you don't, and you don't have legs. heal and martyr's prayer, right? Right. So you don't have the ability to keep your stuff alive. Well, I've got martyr's prayer okay. on uh, my flame dude, uh, my flame priest. But he still moves at a four. Yeah, he's slow. So he's still slow. There's limits. 
So what have you picked up? What have you seen? What did you purchase here? Have you, you, anything uh, interesting? You bought something. I, I did, but I'm just worried about my wife listening. And, okay, fair <laughs> point. But, but no, I, I, got, I don't think she'll listen. I, I got some. No, uh, uh, unless you tell her. The Night Stalker Vanguard <laughs> okay. set. So I'm thinking Night Stalkers for my next tournament. Getting to play them was really cool because I kind of get to see how they play, which was pretty sweet. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it goes Well, you got there. to see how they win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How they can win. How they can win. Yes. Which is just to run over you and run rough shot. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. So where are you guys sitting? What are you? What's your record right now? Uh, one and two. One and two. And you're? I am. One, one, one? No. I am zero, one, and two. So one draw and two, two losses. Yes. You guys aren't too far off. Maybe you could play each other. I'm actually doing better than I thought I would. Dwarves have that ability, though. Yeah. They just, they're resilient, and they there just... Have, there have been times when I'm like, oh, that unit's dead. No. And he doesn't die. Like, like even I'm a like, dwarf war awesome. machine with its higher yeah. nerve and, and defense yeah. five, yeah. you're like, they're like, well, I'm going to kill it. I'm like, you can, Try your gargoyles, go, go ahead, but I mean, there's 24 attacks or whatever it is, go ahead, but you're probably not going to kill it, yeah. and they don't kill it, and then yep. you're like, eh, eh, eh. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I held off two hordes of Alohi... Uh, um, with my Iron Guard and my Steel Behemoth for three rounds That's before awesome. they die. I don't know who's winning this event right now. I need to find out. I don't either. You know, Shannon went down. Uh, actually, one of our guys, I think, is 3-0. and Felix um, went down. Yep, Felix lost. I yeah. saw that. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's How is Billy doing? Did he oh, win Billy's terrible. Oh. <laughs> He's terrible. <laughs> He's lost at least one game. I mean, well, he, he beat Felix, and he I drew. He drew his first game. Oh, okay. Uh, and then his last game, I'm not sure who he even played. He was. He's still playing, actually. Oh, he's playing Patrick Justice. Yeah, I think Nathan won. I think he beat Mike Atkins. Nathan's got a good list. He does. I play, <laughs> as so you I, know. Yes, as I know. Um, <laughs> I don't know how close I was to killing all of his stuff, and then he kept healing it. Or yeah, it, it's a tough list, and he's got a ton of speed with those. Uh, the three lords on the Brocks, and then his regiment of Brocks, and a horde of Brocks. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a really good good all-around list. And we played, uh, I think that was Control that we played. Yeah. Uh, he just, he sat his elementals, and he sat his iron guard, and I could six are hard to get rid of yeah, when, they're, when they're fearless. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Well, awesome, guys. Thanks for coming on, chatting with us. We'll get back with you after probably game four, or maybe even to game five. If you're, you know, you're here back tomorrow, you know, maybe, oh, you know, uh, yeah. Good. Sleep in tomorrow. I'll be here tomorrow. We'll, we'll be here tomorrow. For sure. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Uh, we're back after game four. Later in the evening, we all had dinner. Did you, where'd you go for dinner? We went to Chewy's. Got oh, some you Mexican went, food. Did you went with all the guys? Yeah, I went with your, boy, your okay, boys good. over there. I, I couldn't go with them because I'm just like, you know, it's like yeah. your family. Eventually, you're like, okay, I need, I need Yeah, you people. needed some time. There's a lot of people here, you know? There's uh, 60 players. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess it ended up being 58 because we had a couple drops. Yeah, you don't want to just hang out with the people you see all the time. So you've been to TNT before. I went two years ago. I couldn't make it last year. I was at a, a graduation last year. So uh, we started this event at NashCon in 2016. We had about 45 players. Um, we couldn't grow it. They didn't have the space. Um, so it was moved out. Two years, boom, boom. We were outside of the event. Now we're back because Todd Perkins took over the running the NashCon and was able to get more space. And so my question to you is, what is, number one, why do you like this event? And number two, how is this venue and environment different than when you went two years ago? 
Well, I mean, first of all, Todd and Tim do such a great job putting this thing together, and I feel like it's gotten even better each year. Absolutely. Um, they've really kind of upped their, their game, trying to make each year better than the next, you know, adding the different stages, um, doing a real good job at trying to throw in some, some kind of conky special rules. Yeah. And, and, and there's a real fine line with that, but they do a real great job where you're still playing Kings of War, right. but you can definitely feel the theme. Um, and it's just you know it's it's a great it's a great tournament. It's got a great feel. It's got a great environment. And uh, doing it at the uh, the NashCon this year has been uh, has been real neat because there's a lot of historical players here. There's uh, some War Machine guys, some Age of Sigmar guys, and stuff like that. And so having a lot of non Kings of War players walking around and mm-hmm. saying, "Oh yeah, that's a cool model." I remember. You know, because there's a lot of guys that play Kings of War that they've used some of their old models from 10, 20 years ago. Right. And so a lot of people like that nostalgia and it, you know, makes them interested in the game. Right. Um, I don't remember the question. No, you answered it. You know, <laughs> okay. But basically, you know, um, it's a different atmosphere yeah. here than in the hotel where we were all by ourselves in Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so what do you see any advantages? I mean, you mentioned some of the things, but what, what what are the real advantages to growing the community by having in a place like this? Well, I mean, now is a real prime time. You know, we got third edition coming out. Mantic's been putting out some wonderful models. I mean, this this is the if the, the game is ever gonna gonna take a leap, you know, this is it. And so, uh, you know, ha- having people here, um, you know, that that foot traffic that you get. Um, is, is really valuable. Have you talked to anybody that you've never met before? Anybody come to you and say, Oh, the hey. tournament itself, yeah. So, I mean, this is with 60 people here, and, and I, I've been a little bit out of the scene lately. Um, it's It's been great. There's, I probably don't know a third of the players here. Um, and so for Kings of War, which we like to kind of pride ourselves on the, you know, a real kind of a, a good community where everyone kind of gets along and knows each other, it's been also been really cool seeing new people I didn't know. Yeah, there's young people here. Oh, yeah. There's uh, four female players, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of just, uh, well, just a lot of new players in general that have not, there's a lot of people, this is their first event. Absolutely. Yeah, I actually I played a guy uh, round two. This was his first Who Kings of War event. Man, I'm bad with names. Uh, um, what army? He uh, he was using Tom's, uh, or not, he was using Todd's uh, Basileans. Okay, that's Nick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, so you played the Ringer Army. How did you play the Ringer Army in the second I one? lost round one. Oh, okay. Yeah. You do? I didn't know you lose. <laughs> I lose a lot. Okay. I still haven't gotten a hold of my uh, my Abyssal Dwarfs, but uh, I'm going to be going back to Brotherhood next weekend. Um, oh, at did, Sword did of Britain Kings. Williams spark a little seed? Well, I was already planning on doing that, um, but I just, you know, addition, the addition is changing. You know, things are going to be changing. And I just want to have that last opportunity to, to use some of the tools that I really like Absolutely. and enjoy. What's got you most excited about the potential for third edition? I like the idea of, uh, I think there's been a lot of minor tweaks to the rules that a lot of people have you know, agreed on, etc. Um, but they were just a little too big to be covered by an errata or a... Uh, you know, an FAQ. Mm-hmm. And so I think this this new edition really gives a, an, an outstanding opportunity for that. And, uh, and they've already even hinted at it. Um, I was uh, I was at Gen Con, so I got to talk to Ronnie, Kyle, you know, a lot of those guys yeah. at, at Mantic that are, are uh, doing the rules development and stuff like that. And so got a lot of, uh, got of great information there. So yeah. Pr- pretty, uh, pretty excited about it. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, any specific rules leak that you thought was really amazing? The uh, the fact that you no longer 
bounce back. That's an interesting concept. At first, I didn't know how I felt about it. Yeah, and having kind of heard it explained a little bit more, and Kyle talked about it a lot at uh, at Gen Con. Yeah, that mechanic is kind of still in place, but I mean, I felt like so many of the rules questions and so many of the ambiguities came back down to the. Well, what do you do in this obscure situation when you bounce back? What do you do in that now situation? Now you just don't bounce back. Now you don't worry about it. It's, and a, it's a deliberate action you're taking on your turn. And so it, it just it makes so much more sense when yeah, you do it that yeah. way. We're going to see Brotherhood from you again. Yeah, I'll be playing Brotherhood next weekend at Sword Kings. That's exciting. Um, How did you manage to swing back-to-back weekends for tournaments it out just, of town? You know, it's... It's just, you know, how it is, your, your schedule. Well, they're not terribly crazy. far from you, right? No, this one was just under four hours for me. Sword is just under two. <laughs> right. So they're, they're ones I can go to on a Saturday morning. And uh, honestly, the reason I haven't made it to a lot of tournaments this, the last few months was just bad luck. You know, mm-hmm. the, Yeah, we were wondering why you skipped out on the Lansing tournament. We had a great time. Yeah, just, you know, just summer. I feel like I've been saying you know a lot. Uh, the summer schedules with kids. Just, mm-hmm. You know, when we had a, a vacation lined up, you know, for months, that was when right. uh, Mountaineer was. Just just little stuff like that. So it hasn't been a lack of interest. It's just been bad luck. But I'm excited to do this. Um, going back to the Michigan GT. Uh, I'm excited. The one-day yeah. event on yep. Sunday. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. like, it's either October 13th. October. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to okay. try to be there if I can. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited about it. I, yeah. We've been trying to get Michigan GT going for a long time. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Whatever it is, we just we just misstep, misstep, and finally with Rick, with Rick Hall. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's he's great. been the catalyst for getting a lot of things going up there, and uh, and what's ironic is he doesn't really. I mean, he has a Kings of War army, but he doesn't. He's not a Kings of War guy. He's a Dead no, Zone guy, and that's fine. He puts the community first, and he really. I mean, it's the effort that he puts in. I don't know how his wife does it because I mean, she's carrying all the load at home. Oh yeah. And he's out there peddling. And, and he's just a great, positive, nice yeah. guy too. He's you know, like he's he's got that perfect personality for it, where he just absolutely outgoing, real nice. water off a duck exactly. when when stuff goes wrong. And so they reached out to him, and and you know he got Mike Carter to sign on to come yep. up and help run it. And Blake Schrode up in Midland has helped write, write, write the pack. Okay, and kind of get the get, they wanted to give it a feel for auto racing, which makes sense with Detroit. And, gotcha, gotcha. You know, but I, we really, you know, we've had some crit- criticism, you know, because Michigan Cheese is, is an expensive event. It's like $30 for a one-day event. And yeah, it, and it, it is, is a little much for a It is a little bit. It's sort of like if it works, then it becomes a two-day event. Exactly. And uh, and we have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's t- basically, you know, $10 a game, which, which yeah, it's expensive. But yeah. I hopefully that hopefully they'll get a good turnout. And it will leverage that into something more. Because I mean, that Michigan it, scene's growing too. Let's talk about that. I mean, they had a one-day event with twenty players. Yeah, twelve of them were from Michigan. So yep. it's not like they're all out of towners. I uh, I run a one-day tournament. <coughs> uh, I just ran my third one in a my third annual one earlier this yeah. year. And it's it's usually been about fifty percent local, fifty percent out of towners. This year we had twenty-four people. Twelve were local. Twelve were out of town. But, yeah, the top three or four spots were all out of town. Well, the question for you, though, is at what point are you just going to get up the, you know, the when are we going to see the two-day GT in Indianapolis? Uh, late January, early February next year. Seriously? 100%. Two-day GT? Yep. There is a, uh, a, a guy, a uh, local, who is uh, putting together a, uh, like, a grand tournament. Kind of stuff, not not as big as this, but it's more of a. Uh, is it an historical event? Or? No, it's it's just uh, trying to get together different gaming miniature groups, mm-hmm. pulling their resources to get a, a ballroom and stuff right. like this. Um, so it's gonna, you know, there's gonna be some 40k. <coughs> there's gonna be some warm hordes. 
Uh, there's going to be like Infinity's real big in Indianapolis. Right. Um, and so I've been talking. You guys, to them you guys about play some of that Game of Thrones too, right? The, the Game of Thrones game. Yep, Game of Thrones is pretty big. So a lot of the old Warhammer guys, they just never bit off on Gary like, Luther. Yep, that's he's one not of them. listening, but we, yeah, we miss him. Yeah, we miss Gary, but yeah, he's he's not into into Kings of War, and he's kind of the ringleader of that group, and so he's yeah. real into. The, so what are you going to do to you? You need to work on them. Yeah, I don't know a lot of them really well uh, personally, but I, I, you know, what I'm just trying to do is trying to organically grow a group. And uh, if any of those guys see what we're doing and I, see that it's, I've it's taken good. A, I, I've taken a new approach, which has been working, which I don't care about uh, reaching out to. Well, I'm accessible, but, like, it's not my job to convert the unfaithful. If they want to come, exactly. if they want to come and they want to play, I'll be happy to tell you about the game, but I'm not going to waste resources. Mm-hmm. It may not pan out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not, like, out there trying to convert people from AOS. Because, honestly, we're the Golden Age of Gaming, and if you have the game you like, Congratulations for you! I'm glad yep. you found one. We you know, I, we all have age. we all have a game yep. that you know, and it's it's not a bad thing. Yeah, you don't have to have 200 people at every tournament for the game to be a good. No, game. I mean, you think about it this way: we're at an HMGS event. There's 130-ish players playing fantasy games between AOS mm-hmm. and Age of Sigmar, and there's we're all cohabitating. Everyone's happy. It's like it's not like there's no anger, there's no animosity. If somebody said, "I like skirmish games," I like games where there is like. Like almost like that, chasing the dragon where there yep, is that. Exactly. Then you go play a GW game, and that's part of the beauty of yeah. the glo- the golden age that and, we live and in. Whatever you don't your like niche that, is. And you want more of the the static. I don't want to say static, but it's cost effectiveness maybe. Yeah. Or um, for me, I'm old. I can't I can't adapt that fast. <laughs> and so by the time I, I mean even now, by the time I learn to play Clash of Kings, there's a new book out. So. Yeah, it's it's a uh, you know the, the change is good. But just the different, the variety. It's uh, it's it, it's it's a blessing and a curse. Absolutely. Long gone are the days where you just walk into any game store in America and you either have Warhammer Fantasy or 40k. So. Yeah, it's it's funny because like we're at Nashcon. There's a, there's a number of vendors here. Not many are any of the vendors in this room selling GW stuff. There I probably mean, is a few. There's a lot of secondhand, maybe. Right, but like, but I, brand I, new, like I'm looking over in the corner. Sure, where games who were on the podcast earlier, they're selling alternative fantasies. Oh, yeah. They got Mantic, they got Oathmark, they got North Star Miniatures, and, and that's 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 part of the Golden Age, right? It's not just right. that there's lots of rule set; it's that you know through through e-commerce, you can you can fill a niche, right? And so you don't have to have something that's universally accessible that you can distribute, you know, to to brick and mortar game stores, you know, in in, in massive quantities. You can fill a niche. You can find a hundred customers worldwide. And that can be enough to be, you know, profitable exactly. for whatever it is that you're exactly. doing. What's something that you uh, found here at Nashcon and purchased that you thought was really cool? Did you buy anything? I got here this morning okay, so at you 8 a.m. You haven't had a chance to do much. No. So I'm going to try and putz around uh, tomorrow a little bit and uh, see it. But I, I have seen that there's a lot of people selling painted minis. Yeah, a lot, a lot of historical stuff. And I'm a big terrain guy. I love terrain. So I've been looking at some of the terrain. Uh, a lot of kind of pre-made, pre-painted stuff yeah. that's just real, real yeah, the, sharp looking. Yeah, the miniature building authority exactly stuff. That. You see where I'm looking? Really, yep. Yeah, miniature building. It's really, um, it's funny because like, if you want that stuff, that's the company to get it from because it's really high end, it's quality, it's yeah. well painted. And they have a new like Lake Town that really reminds me of Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit yep, specifically, exactly. right? Uh yeah, it, and uh, I think there's a company called just something real simple like printable scenery or printable terrain. Oh, or for 3D like train. Are, do yeah. you, are you a 3D printing guy? I'm not, but um, 
I work at a, a school and we just got a bunch of 3D printers and so you have a farm. That's <laughs> like I, Somebody, I, I have five different printers. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh! Well, I know for the students or yeah, but there's for their uh, for their tech classes and stuff yeah, like that's pretty that. Pretty cool. But you know, winter breaks coming up, spring breaks coming up. Those things aren't going to be doing anything. So ching ching ching, <laughs> yeah, run them, run them, right. run them. So what are you looking forward towards next year? What's the plan for Andrew Summers? Uh, well, I uh, I definitely. Got bitten by the Northern Alliance bug, like uh, so many. So I, I did too, but I have made a conscious effort to say to myself, and this may not work. I'm going to wait till all the hype. I, I, when the when the when the when the phonies and the, and the bandwagon jumpers are off, then I'm going to get on. Uh, the models are pretty so awesome. I'm full on. I when know. I, when I it was those barbarians that sold me. You mean the Klansmen? Yeah. We gotta talk to Mantic. You know they got bigots. They got Klansmen. Yeah, right. I don't know what's up with that. They're Brits, man. They don't right. know. They don't. It's know. not part of their day to day culture. They don't. They don't know. That's yeah, true. Bigots. But anyways, you were saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm fully. I'm fully bit by the bug. Um, it, it does feel a little crazy to to buy models for an army that you don't know the rules for yet. Um, but. You know, just kind of gotten that those those hints and nods about it's going to feel real similar to Varenger. It's going to be closely tied to Varenger. So just been kind of looking at the Varenger rules, and that's something that I've been looking at for a long time anyways. You know, I, What's going to happen to Varenger? What do you think is... I think they're still going to be around. Think there'll be a separate army in the armies of Panathor? Yeah. I, I guess, are they, they listed as an army for Panathor? Well, I mean, they haven't officially listed what those armies <clears throat> are. but Because uh, there's four new armies, right, That supposedly? Yeah. There's, What's there's your prediction? I'm going to put the you new the armies? Yeah. I, I think they're going to be sub-lists of, uh, of main lists. Uh, like Undead, I think, like Ophidia, a lot of people talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems, it just... There's a lot of parallels between Northern Alliance and Varenger. Yeah, so I, I, I would imagine Varenger is going to be a sublist. That's of, what I was thinking. You know, so I, you know, you got undead. Well, I guess Varenger's not new. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, if you look at the the lore and different things that they did with the lore. Um, well, no, I guess Twilight Kin are. Yeah, where are they going to end up? It, I mean, from the campaign and the books, it seems like they're going to have a close tie to Night Stalkers. So, are they going to be part of the Night Stalker army? Uh, ooh, ooh, oh. So like, are they just going to be like, if you want this, not if you want the Twilight Kin theme mm. of Night Stalkers, here are your unit choices, a la the historical book. Oh man! So essentially, it's a Night Stalker army that maybe because one have. of the things that's interesting is, well, they they haven't said where the well, we don't know where the Night Stalker, where the uh, yeah. Twilight Kin are going to end up. They've never been an official army. Well, I mean, they've been in the well, digital yeah, rule book for second edition, and it's like, yeah, they you know they haven't had an army list in a long time. And yeah. we know they're not going to, if it ends up in Nightstalkers, obviously they'll lose access to all the missile stuff. So, Well, yeah, and they've already kind of started doing that, right? They integrated yeah. Nightstalkers into them in COC-19. So it, it does seem a natural. I just assumed it was going to be elves with, like, Nightstalker units, like specific elf units allowed in Nightstalker. But... Well, on our flip side, maybe, maybe are they just going to have elves? And then they'll have different versions of elves? I mean, a lot of other games have done that. Yeah. And so it wouldn't make sense if they did, like, variant elves or, you know, variant it, other races. There's other elf ri- aren't factions. I don't know what the word is. But mm-hmm. in the main rulebook, they talk about, like, sand elves and sea elves. And, oh. So it could be something like that. I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, it feels all conspiracy theory because... 
and, and a waste of time because you're right. Because we can, we can sit here and we can talk about. Yeah, all it's day. like and, and like in when December to, we're gonna just when's the book even coming out? Who knows? I mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. we've been told, we've been told, we've been told October twenty you know, first or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, we know the rule book is coming out yeah. October eighteenth shipping. Oh, okay. but Armies of Panthor. Yeah, sometime in it's it's that same situation we've had with Clash of Kings in the past. Yeah, it's gonna come out. And then it'll come out. It'll, it'll, come out. it'll be in time. It'll be soon enough for us to, so to use it for masters. How excited are you? Well, I'm, that's a perfect segue, <laughs> Andrew. How excited are you for masters? I, I think this is going to be a banner year for us. Well, I'm super excited. I'm going. I yeah. bought my ticket for masters last year, way before I qualified. Yeah. Uh, doing the same thing again this year, but there's actually a side of it, so it's like double X. Are you going to make the team? I don't think so because I didn't. I haven't made it to very many tournaments this year. And I haven't really been doing a lot of practice and prep like I did in years past. Right. Uh, you know, I'm going to... You just don't care about the game anymore? No, that's not true. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it my... Like, I'm, now that fall has come, my schedule You're going to try crazy. to make up for... Me, uh, I mean, I'm going to three GTs. I got GT yeah. this weekend, GT next week, and then I'm going to Dragonfall in Chicago yeah. in October. And then I got another going to Michigan GT, which is really a one day. But I've got four tournaments. But you guys count... There. The Midwest counts one day events, right? So in the Midwest, you have to have two two-day events, which is five rounds or more over two days, and then uh, one one-day event. But it has to be in the and the they Midwest. have to have a one-day event. You have to have a one to qualify day. for the mid- for the Masters. Absolutely. So what happens if you got a player that just can't make a one-day event? Well, that's never happened before, um, okay. but I certainly could. It's 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 meant to um, encourage participation in small local events and. I mean, my, my one-day event, um, you know, 24 people for a one-day event, I would imagine that some of that participation was due to the fact that it was, you know, right. it's a master's qualifier. Do they give you credit for running the event? No, we don't do credit for running the that event. That doesn't sound very fair. What's the incentive for a TO to build their community if they're also, you know, parallel path of trying to make so, the master's? We the way that we score in the Midwest, you, you you don't even get on the scoreboard unless you finish in the top half, right? And even then, realistically, you need to be finishing in the top. I mean, six if you're second, eight. you're just the first loser. <laughs> well, yeah, something along those lines. I, it would be hard to to the way we score come right. up with a system that gave you some incentive for being a TO. Um, well, you I, you heard how the Mid Atlantic is doing it now. I, I have not. I knew. I know that they're one of the people yeah. that give points. So like, they require three scores. Okay. And what they do now is, if you only attend two, and you're a TO, they double the worst of those two scores. So for example. Oh, interesting. Okay. So they basically give you equal credit for your worst of the two scores that you did. So of your best two scores, whichever one was the worst, you get double. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, that's and it. We'll see. I mean, uh, Chris Fisher is probably the one's the biggest benefactor because in the past he could get to two events, but that third event was always looming out there because he's running events. That's true. Yeah, for for people that are running multiple events, I can definitely see how it'd be very hard to run or to qualify for matches. Well, Mike Carter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and he's so he's usually he usually qualifies actually, and by qualify I mean gets the two two days and the one. Right. One he, day, he, finishes he makes the, the requirements. Half. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't. And I might be wrong, but I don't think anyone in the Midwest is, is looking for that uh, incentive because short of one guy. Uh, Who would that be? Mike Carter. Oh, he'd be the only no, one. No, I'm not saying that he's asking for no, it. No, no, no. He's, he's the only one, one that, that runs multiple benefit, events. That it would benefit, yeah. Like Shannon runs Adepticon. Chris runs Lady right. of the Lake. You know, I run my little one day. Kara runs her little. Little, but it's going to become a two-day GT. Well, that's going to be okay. – uh, Might be maybe I will be running multiple events. 
and uh, I'm going to try and I'm trying to put some language in the rules pack that gives people a little bit of leeway if they're using a armies of Panathor army. Right. As far as uh, I, I wonder, and I don't know how. I wonder if it's going to be possible under the framework of the new third edition rule set mm-hmm. to use existing army construction from Uncharted Empires, for example. I wonder, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I see. I like, wonder if you could still build a Ratkin army. Uh, surely surely a big part of the change is awesome. Sure, but you wouldn't have the points at that point. Yeah. So I, I just don't know if, like, the, the non... Yeah. I mean, I guess the question is... You know, well, there's new stats also, right? Yeah, there's, so there's like new stats, added, but like, are they are they saying like things like shooting toward of whatever? They're now a regular, regular, and yeah. and if that's a, and if it's stated as a rule in the book, then you could apply it. Yeah, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's just defaults to the army list itself to have to show that they're a regular. Well, that's true. So what they've previewed, it's it shows that those are all stats. Doesn't mean that it's not also in the the rule right, somewhere. Right. There's a lot of exciting stuff coming down with their third. Uh, oh, yeah. What's got you most excited? I know you talked a lot about the models, but. Uh, and you talked about the one-inch rule. I'm just kind of excited for the kind of rebalancing of armies. So, well, um, it's like we're at a point where giving units that. rules, taking rules away, isn't fixing we, we the reached, problem. Yeah, you like, have to adjust the points. They've used all the tools that they could. Right, formations was a great tool. Right. You know, it's a really, really cool way to adjust the points essentially by by virtue of you know. Here's a question that I need to ask you: How come there's no Canadian on the rules committee? I mean, how come there aren't any Australians on the rules committee for that matter, right? That's a fantastic follow-up question, and I'm sure the direct misfire guys really appreciate that. I think really what it comes down to is the rules committee is just the, the people who are who are there, you know? Right. There's probably... Well, they're the ones that raised their hand. Right, yeah, there's, there's first, probably the, a, yeah. a lot of people who are qualified and capable uh, you to be, could on, be on, on the rules committee. committee. You could do it. I've seen your spreadsheets. <laughs> That's right. I, I, do like, I do like spreadsheets. I, I do like to do the math. So I've I've already uh, I've already been taking the the new units that they previewed on uh, on the Mantic blog and so of the new unit stuff they've leaked. What are some it, Andrew all. Summers insight <laughs> or speculative discussion on? I think it's all been pretty generic stuff. But something I did find really interesting is they they previewed some goblins. Yes, and you'll notice that uh, goblins are generally one unit strength lower right than their equivalent. Human, elf, are they like a horde is unit strength? Two? Yeah. So, so, it, it, so what we saw the lower abyssals. A horde was unit strength four. A regiment was unit strength three. A troop was unit strength one. For goblins, a horde was unit strength three, and a regiment was unit strength two. So the classic number, and so maybe they bumped up some of the yeah, more elite units. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right. But they also don't but, have yellow belly anymore. What big they, deal? They seem to have gotten rid of that. Big deal. Uh, <laughs> The, the one thing that I noticed when I was watching the YouTube video that Manny was, that Ronnie was talking about was the fact that Bane Chant no longer works for shooting. Yeah, yeah. Which, and, so I, and it doesn't mean there's not an alternative Bane Chant, mm-hmm. but either way, if you have two separate Bane Chants, huge deal, because now a you have a bigger lot less... Co- yeah. but, but I don't... My gut, I don't think there is a Bane Chant for shooting anymore. I, I don't think so either. Or if it exists, it's some sort of special. Spell. So was that was that to get rid of the uh, Keith Randall special and the Mike Austin special? I mean, I elite shooting because I mean, honestly, Bane Chant's not a big deal to goblins. They don't care. No, they're just shooting volume. It's those elite. It's, it's those elite it's guys. That elf. Now, what what other things did you notice? Did you pick up any little? Because I, I, when I'm watching the Bane Chant thing, I was like, oh, that's like it just hit me. Like yeah. it didn't say. And I'm like, I love how they're doing it. By the way, I love make it makes me feel smart. Right, it's almost like a detective. You're Little Easter it. eggs. Yeah, you're like, yeah. you're like, oh. 
Oh, okay. yeah, here's this one page, and you know we're not going to come out and tell you that these unit strengths have changed, but right. if you look at the data, you can see it for yourself. Like, oh, wait a minute. So, oh, there's a the height are, thing now. What are some? Th- yeah, I actually like the really like, another one. Right? I they, really like the fact that they have height listed. Um, I'm a little. I, I like the fact that now, currently, there's some uniform height stuff, but I know there's some exceptions, right? There are exceptions to the rule. I just hope it's not like wild and, and like there's because because then you get back to the situation we used to have with Warhammer Fantasy where you literally had to have a working knowledge of gotcha. everything and I don't really want to have to memorize a bunch of stuff. That, that is that is the conundrum, right? I, I imagine that's any game system is going to going to fall into that conundrum or, or that where you want to keep things simple so the game plays smoothly and so that it's easy for people to pick up and for, easy for people to concentrate on strategy and not the minutia. Right. But at the same time, you know, some of that complexity is needed for a game to run smoothly, you know, for, right. for the the different pe- peculiarities to work right. That's a balancing act, you know, and, and we'll see how good of a, a job they did once we get third edition. I, I, you know, and people, I think some people, whenever you go through an edition change, there's a there's a, there's there's a there's a possibility of being you can get nervous about it, right? Oh, I'm nervous about it big time. My yeah. brotherhood, man. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a couple ways to look at it. First of all, how it impacts your specific army. Yeah. Because but they did say they're not going to mothball anybody. So they they blatantly <clears throat> said we're yeah, not Yeah, so I, and I think armies. and I think they are um, however, you could argue that by their release schedule you are creating haves and have-nots because yeah. you're going to have third edition, and you know what? It's the smart business move, but the third edition book is going to have mantic armies, yep. even Warhammer armies that have now been manticized, yep. like right. Empire Mantis. of Dust. Empire of Dust, yeah. right? So you're going to have that, and then down the road, here's the have-nots, and you know, I I like to think they're going to give them the same treatment that they would give a mantic army, but there is a delay. Right. Yeah. And I guess the ones that are losing out now are the historicals. <laughs> that, there is that. I, I also think the delay, like, yeah, it's going to be a rough six, eight weeks or whatever, but but by Adepticon, summertime next year, like, that's all going to be so far in the past. The fact that they got their book a little bit later is going to just be irrelevant. Right. Because right. there's a lot of conspiracy theories. Yeah. Right. You know. I, and I just don't buy into them all. I don't, you know... I, I, they're not that to, smart and they're not that stupid. I've been to... Exactly. I've been to so many Mantic events. Like, this isn't some major corporate entity looking to, you know, put us all under their boot. You know, this is a small company. You know, it's essentially family-run, you know, by, by Ronnie. They're not doing this for, for uh, as, as a charity. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they're, they're gamers themselves. They play these games. They want they just want what's best for the community. And, and yeah, of course, they're going to make a little bit of money doing it, too. Absolutely. What else uh, going on in your world? How was Gen Con? Gen Con was great. Um, we did the uh, How You Use It tournament again this year. And then we did the Escalation tournament. Uh, played in both of those. Had a great time. Are you a little disappointed with them kind of saying no more... No, it's it's we've always kind of known. It's it's always been real small. I want it's always been like eight to twelve people, and that's a result of the craziness that is Gen Con. Or well, it's Gen Con's like seventy or eighty dollars just to get in the door, right? And uh, and uh, a turn and hotels are the bigger thing. Hotels that's are huge. Right. I'm spoiled because I live in Indy. So how do you? But, but even though you live there, how do you get there? Do you take public transit? I mean, no, I because you got to go park there. somewhere. So I know some good places to park that are pretty cheap. I walk about three quarters of a mile to okay. get there. Well, we can all use the exercise. Let's be I honest. certainly could. Yeah, Absolutely. it's good for me. But yeah, Indy was great. You know, did Mantic Night. 
celebrating the 10 years of Gen Con and the yeah. release of their elves. And I mean, that's that's cool. Yeah, it was it was super cool. Are you a Pathfinder yet? No, I don't. I don't think I'm. I'm ready to. You're not to cut out. Are we gonna say you're not cut out for it? I, I don't think I, I have uh, the commitment in me. The time commitment. Like right now, when I'm I'm kind of hot and cold, right? I'll be real active, and then I'll kind of settle right. down. Think I'll get busy with. The kids you don't think it would be a great boon for your local community to have a. An official Pathfinder out there waving the flag for I, Kings of War? I'm sure it would, but I also, you know, I'm a I'm a pretty fiercely independent guy. I think I can wave the flag for Mantic and Kings of you War. You could just be a cheerleader. You I don't, don't have you don't have to be on the and, and also if you did that, then you'd have to sign an NDA and that's not you wouldn't be able to share all the details that you get flowing right. to your way, that's right? right? You wouldn't be able to be a spy. I don't know. I, I would like the, the, the info though. That would be pretty sweet. Thanks for coming on, Andrew. I appreciate you chatting with us. Yeah, absolutely. And then let us know. We're waiting. We want to know when this darn tournament is. Okay, I'll get February, January. It's the I I I can look it on my calendar. Oh, you actually have a date? Yeah, that's tentative until it's confirmed. No, it's a hard date. Oh, it's a hard date, and it's two days. Yeah, it's a two day. What other events are they gonna they're gonna have there? They're gonna have 40k. They're gonna have Infinity. They're gonna have um, the two big ones. I think they're doing some card tournaments. Like Magic um, the Gathering, Pokemon, yeah. So, so yeah, so, so just Yu-Gi-Oh? imagine like a really I don't know, man. Just what, imagine what Adepticon divided by five, six. Right. Seven, I don't know. Imagine Adepticon. Yeah, so what's your ago. limit? Do you have a do you have a cap? Thirty-two. Twice what you guys are getting, right? You're getting twenty-four. So, twenty-four is what I had at my last one day, and so the, I guess the, the hope is I can get most of those guys back, or, or some of those guys back, and then try and draw some people who maybe wouldn't be willing to drive for a one day, but for a two day. Yeah, they would. Michigan guys will all come down. Michigan guys, Nick and Josh. Yeah, Nick and Josh and, have come down to my tournament yeah. the last two years. Thanks for coming on. Thanks. And check the show notes, folks. We'll have the actual date for this event. Do you have a name? Indie Storm. Indie. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's it almost name. sounds like a women's basketball team. It might be, but no, we're the. We've got a women's basketball. No, uh, Storm is a different a different city, okay. probably. Yeah, but it just sounds cool. Do you have a logo? I don't, but like like the event has yeah. like a logo. So there all. we go. It's, this is very professional. I'm just running the tournament. Like there's what, what's the gonna, venue? Do we know the venue? It's a it's a hotel by the airport on the southwest side. Uh, so, but it's like southwest. A That's closer to me. Oh, there you go. I so, like I like how that sounds. So uh, yeah, it's it's right there on the 465 loop that goes around Indianapolis on the southwest side. It's a hot, it's a it's an airport hotel essentially. Nice. It's got a big ball space and stuff like that Um, Indy Storm watch this space thanks Andrew thank you you having a good time so far yeah I was getting pretty tired by games three and four I'm still not a fan of six games I know they want to play them because they're 60 players but I don't know it's it's, uh, four games in one day is a lot even for Kings of War yeah especially with uh Flight in and or driving in. Yeah, you drove in, right? You drove into Robert Van. No, you flew into Roberts. But I didn't get in till midnight, so awesome. Late night. Shannon, whatever. uh, What are you playing here at TNT today? I'm playing Basileans. I playing for attrition here, so I picked a list that I hoped um, wouldn't die. Okay. A lot. (laughs) Unfortunately, last year you played for attrition. You played the. It was a historical army, wasn't it? I played the Mongols last year. Okay, and you won that, or you won the attrition award, right? Yes. Yeah. So why? So you were trying to challenge yourself, or you just switch things up because this year he switched up attrition. So last year it was just how much could you kill. This year it's your attrition differential. Oh, so that is a huge difference. Yes. Okay. I, I didn't even know that. Okay. So so you you chose a Basilean army, heavy flyers. Yes. Like all flyers. All flyers. Okay. 
so is so what's your what's your strategy then? Are, are you talking like you're trying to alpha strike them, or you're just trying to you know hit and prevent yourself from? Uh, what are you thinking there? So I'm not necessarily playing the way I intended to. I thought, depending on the list, maybe I would just sort of hide for most of the game and then try to dive in, turn five some stuff and six, the, kill some it. stuff and try not to die. But I've been mostly just trying to kind of playing straightforward more like winning the scenario versus last year where I was really gunning for attrition. Because last year, I mean, you didn't even have a very good record last year, if I remember correctly. No. I was around 500 last year, give or take, I okay. think. Okay. Well, that's that's good for normal people. So that's so that's what you're doing on uh, on this tournament then. So you've got Basileia going for attrition. It's the differential bonus, and uh, you've got all the flyers. Yes. Yeah. So my hope was I wouldn't be... I would be able to keep my units from getting trapped if I needed to jump around to get away from bad situations so that I wouldn't hopefully take any big <laughs> losses, right, that I couldn't recover from. So, so far it's going okay, but not as well as I would like. I've been positive on my attrition every game, but I haven't really racked up a lot of differential. It's been mostly in the plus one, plus two on the differential range. But and consistent I, every game. Yeah, but I know some people are pulling plus fours and plus fives, so I'm I'm quite a ways back. I assume I'm probably mid field on attrition, give or take. So if you could redo it, you, what, would you still do Basileia, but maybe adjust some things, or do you think you would just go a different direction altogether? No, I think the, I think Undead running Alana's formation would also be a very good list for picking up attrition because that's a really tough formation. Is that to the deal one with. with the vampire regiments or troops? Or? Yeah, two regiments plus Lady Alana, all fearless and speed boost for all oh, of them. Oh yeah, oh, so it's pretty got tough 25 to attacks. It, yeah, pretty durable. Okay. Yeah, that is a great formation. And you have it. You can run Revnet Cav for Revnet Cavalry troops for screening. Oh, for those chaff. are so good. They're, they're so good. High nerve, high defense, yeah. very cheap cost points. And I don't really have anything like that to run in my list because Panther Lancers or anything else I would run they are just going to die. So fit. it's yep. cheap. You're just giving away attrition points. But I definitely miss having not having any chaff in my list. So you're just pure, pure hammer then. Yeah, I've got a couple of regiments of Alohi that I can use that I end up using as chaff, but then you're throwing away 200 point chaff. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's switch gears here real quick. We got the U.S. Masters coming up last weekend of February 2019. Well, 2020 for the 2019 season. There's been a lot of debate. Do we stick with second edition? Do we move to third edition? What are some of your initial thoughts here? I can see where it's a hard decision because I know a lot of people think we played with the Clash of Kings pack for 2019. That's what we should play Masters with because that's what tournaments were run and qualified with. For me personally, I bring up the fact that I qualified with the 2018 Clash pack, so it's a good point. 2019 doesn't really the, impact the, me. The, as the far season as did technically start last December, and so there have been yeah. tournaments that were run under Cock 18. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think with the rule book dropping, even though it's later October, if the if if it's in stores and available by the 21st of October, I think it's pretty tough to run an event four months later. Yeah. Using 2019 it, rules. Absolutely, absolutely. I know even last year with the Clash Pack dropping in December, I still was wanting to play 
Clash 19 games, and I, I didn't actually get to play any games until about May, end of May, I think, in a tournament oh, because I didn't play at Adepticon. Yep. And, and early in the year, we're practicing for Masters in January and February. So there are some people that say that the, the, the Armies of Panathor coming out in December is also going to be a hindrance. What are your thoughts on that? It definitely makes it rougher. I think with the main book coming out in October, people have a chance. Everyone will know what, will know what the rules are in October then, or early November, right? Should have a chance to digest the rules changes. You'll get to see the list changes for all the armies in the main rule book, so should have some pretty reasonable idea of what's coming for the others. We may, we may not, we won't know exactly what new units are available, but you'll see, okay, what's in general, what's happening with cavalry, what's happening with flyers and heavy flyers and dragons, what's happening with archers and, and other shooting and list. So you have a I think you should have a pretty good idea of what's going to be coming for the list in the armies of Panathor. The only thing we won't know is what's happening with the four new armies yep, that the four I new don't armies. think we have any insight into yet, as far as I know. Yeah, and also a lot of talk about some of the armies in armies of Panathor having pretty major changes to them, to the point where someone might not necessarily be able to use yes. their given army, which I, is normal I, for, I for biggest, an addition change. Yeah. yeah, that's probably the biggest issue to deal with coming into Masters. I know there's been arguments, well, what if people have six more weeks to practice because there are yeah. armies in the main rulebook army versus armies of Panathor. Honestly, from my view, I get, if I'm lucky, I get one or two yeah. practice games in before Masters anyway, so yeah. I don't care. Yeah, for you, you're like two months, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, but to the extent that people will have to paint up new models, paint up new units, that's yeah. a... That's big a, commitment to try absolutely. to get things ready in time. Because it's not just that you're using that time to figure out your army. You've got to figure out your army, then get the models and paint them and commit to them, and especially with the high paint right. standard that's that's generally... Well, painting and cleaning, and then if you live in half or two-thirds of the country where you really don't have an option to prime outdoors, yep. at least in the winter, it'll make things rougher that's a good if point. you don't have a spray booth handy. So... so you know, we're talking about this December release for Armies of Panathor. You know, there's the different debates. Adepticon, three, four weeks later. Uh, four weeks after Masters, after Masters. probably. Maybe, five, actually, f at least five. Okay. Uh, if Masters is, I forget, is it the last weekend or next to last weekend yeah. of February? I'm not so sure off the top of my head. I'd have to look at the uh, Because Adepticon's the last weekend, March gotcha. weekend. So, so we're talking it's a solid four five weeks after. Gotcha. Yeah. So... Any doubt on Adepticon using third edition? It'll be third edition for sure. It's I haven't discussed, I guess, with Mantic at this point, but yeah. it's it's their event and it's a new book, right? Yeah. New edition, everything's being pushed. So we will definitely be going with third gotcha. for that. All right. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you, Andrew. Welcome back to Counter Charge. It is Sunday morning at TNT in NashCon 2019. I am with the handsome man himself, Billy Smith. Hello. How's your weekend going so far? It is really great. You know, I challenged former U.S. Master Alex Chavez, thinking I was going to come in here and get a swift butt whooping. But it didn't happen. But it didn't happen. And we had a super tight, really good game. Um, our Kings dueled. Right. Off in the corner, because we were like, we're not going to interfere. Did King, did King Billiam win that duel? You know he did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 
Of course he did. I ended up killing his with my king. Unfortunately, though, when my king turned around to start trying to go score, he got shot off by some sharpshooters. That's not dwarf-like. Yeah, that is you don't very shoot underhanded. Yeah. Like, um, which is why he, you know, he almost lost, because he's Yeah, so let's talk about that. He's undefeated with one draw, and you're the one that gave him that draw. Yep, so if he doesn't win, it's all my fault, and I'm pumped. Yeah, well, I think he's lost a step. Yeah. I think that's what it shows. Yeah. Actually, hang on. I need to say that he's still really good, so that when when I drew when I drew against him, it, it still ma- well, it still counts. A, what if he wins a whole event? If he wins the whole event, and I got to draw against him, then I basically I basically won, you won the event. You, you win the event yeah, too. I sort of won. Yeah. Well, how'd the rest of the weekend go? It's been great. Uh, round two, I played uh, a rematch against Felix Castro, which was awesome, which I think we recorded about yesterday. Wait, didn't you just play him out here? I did just play him. Did you beat here. him again? I did beat him again. Oh, come on, man. This, this game was a lot less uh, fluky. Like, that, that one at Mountaineer was very... So this very... one was like a legitimate, I'm going to beat you down like red hair child. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but the, the game at Mountaineer, he snake eyes the same unit three times, and they were Brock Riders, so they just turned around and punched other stuff. So that, that was rough. He only did it one time in this game, and though it was critical, I don't think it was as, like, super game-breaking as the last one. Right. But we had a lot of fun. And then I played uh, Patrick Justice, which I love playing Patrick Justice because he's super, like, tight and tactical and, like, you know, gets his movement straight and everything, and he's really good. Um, and I've played him, like, I think this is the third time I've played him at a tournament. And I think we're even now. I think he's beaten me once. I've beaten him once, and then we just drew today or yesterday. So it was a good time. And then I finished the day off playing Jack Blakemore, which is fun. This is the second time I've played him. That would be Jackson. Oh, Jackson. Does he go by Jackson now? Uh, I've never known him any other. Oh. But maybe you can, I mean, if you beat him like a rented mule, you can call him whenever you want. (laughs) So uh, I played Jackson Blakemore, which was a heck of a time. Uh, He's always fun because he likes to smack talk. And then I just, you know, I work with kids his age, you know, I'm a school teacher, so I'm like, right on. I can hang with the best of them, you know. So I just smack talk right back to him. And I'm telling you, he was kicking my butt for six turns. And then we got to seven, and I charged something in the rear, killed it, and took the token away, and then won the game. But, I mean, I had my king alive, a a regiment of dogs, uh, my battle driller, and my stone priest. And that was it. Everything else was dead. But I mean, he would just, he'd charge into something. I was trying to give him <laughs> give him unfavorable charges, like only single charges, hindered charges, and he was still just running in and going like, that's dead, pick that it up. That sounds awesome. Every single time. It was rough. And so he was having a good time right there up until the very last turn when I was able to well, take the Well, I think you, went, you only went six turns too, right? Or you went seven turns? I think we went seven. Well, whatever it was, the last turn I was able to do what, you needed do what to I needed to do to, right. to win it. So, so we don't know yet who you're playing, but... It'll be somebody good. Yeah, hopefully so. Uh, I talked to Jacob Data yesterday. We have the same score or oh. similar. I think. Jacob, by the way, if you play Jacob, he is an excellent hugger. Just going to let you know. All right. He's got the physique. He's got the emotional intelligence. So he's like Baymax. That is a very good reference. I'm going to give him a Baymax yeah. cost. Jacob is a super nice guy. Uh, I met him at Crucible uh, several years ago, and I'm like, I've never actually got to play him. I met him at TNT last year. Year or something. No, last year probably. Was it? Has it only been that long? Or maybe it has been two years ago. I don't remember. It might have been two years ago. What else are you looking forward to for this weekend? (sighs) Honestly, uh, just finishing up, hoping I get two more rad opponents and. Right on, right on. You know, getting out of here. I'm hoping the the rounds run on time. 
looking at Tim. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, we can just we can just get the heck out of here, and I can you know because I've got a four hour drive. And right. Yeah. Because you're farther than the rest of us. Yeah. So I, I'd like to and get home. You, and would you have to take anybody home? You drop a brother off or anything? He lives a you know, hundred yards away from my house. Okay. And then, so uh, he's, he's parked at your house. And he's yeah. I'll just drop him off and then drive into my driveway. Gotcha. Dan's car's parked there, and I just go inside. And, and, and so Dan's got like. Yeah, Dan's got another 15 minutes on top. Oh, of that's it, so. 15 minutes, not too bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. And it's a straight shot down the highway. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, no, it's been an awesome time. I actually, Felix brought up that interesting point about the convention environment that random people can just walk <clears throat> by and look at stuff, which is really cool. And I hadn't really thought of it like that. And I like NashCon because it's just kind of chill. I think it's the tone that has been set for the last... I mean, it's been running for 30-plus years. Yeah. Tone is, we're just here to have fun. And anybody, you know, one man's fun's another man's whatever, you know I mean? Like, yeah. there's different kinds of games. There's historicals, there's fantasies, there's sci-fi. But whatever you're into, there's something here for you to do. Or you just don't, don't want to play the games. Cool. Just come and hang out, watch games. Uh, there's lots of good... Uh, Vendors? Did you pick up anything? Did you purchase anything? I have not. I, I started looking around late last night, and that's kind of the problem with a four game, you know. At yeah. A, at so a GT. we'll go ahead and give us your critique of four games in one day. And you can swear, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I can bleep it. Now, four games for a GT is. It's a it's a debate, right? So the one side is you need you need six games. Well, when you have sixty players, when you have a lot of players, so that right. way it, it weeds out any <clears throat> inconsistencies in the math and stuff. But let's be honest, we already know. You know, the four or five people that are probably going to win the event. So, who cares? Right. And then for everybody else, they're all grumpy and tired. And, like, we didn't finish our game till 8 o'clock. Is that what time it was? It was almost I was 8. It was like 7.45, I think. That is ridiculous, sir. Right. And I, I wanted to go eat, so we, we didn't yeah, have I know she just left us all. We didn't have a lot of options for food. You know, we by the time we got done eating and got back, I was exhausted and I wanted to go to sleep. So I didn't even stay up and play any extra games because we didn't get done eating until like 1030. So it's just for the, the social part of, of the tournaments, which I think arguably is the most important thing for most people, or at least that's what they say on the Internet. Um <laughs> It, it, it definitely puts a damper on that because you can't right. you can't hang out if you're stuck in here playing another game. So, I mean, I, I get both sides of the argument. Uh, yeah, I, I understand, and I, I feel like we need to find a way to balance it out somehow better. Maybe we could track another score. Maybe strength of schedule can be something else that we use to score it to keep it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm gonna come to TNT every year because it's really close, but it makes me sad when it's six games. I just want everyone to know that. Especially when those six games don't run on time. Right. We're going to get some fresh news from Todd. How, how was y'all's evening with, with uh, Tubby last night? Uh, Tubby. Tubby Candles was fantastic. We actually uh, smoked cigars. and had, uh, cigars. There was a bottle of scotch. What, what kind of scotch did I say that was? You said either Glen Livet or Glen I don't know. It was, it was expensive. Was, was it good? It was very good. Uh, I don't remember much of it. I do yeah, remember yeah. us discussing Dan Kamek's first Manticon. Yeah. Because that's one of Tubby's favorite stories. Yeah, he, he does love that one. Yeah, he, well, he loves the boy. He does. he does. Has he met my brother yet? Uh, we actually need to introduce him because I, I, I kind of described him as a little Gibney. Yeah. And so, he, he is a little Gibney. Yeah, like yesterday, you're walking through and you see him and like, you, have, you have to like look at him twice. Right. Like, so do you got some news about where NashCon's going to be next year? Uh, next year, we're moving to uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee at the Embassy Suites, June 5, 6, and seven. 
boom, it just happened. So we're going back to, you know, closer to the older dates of when NashCon was. Right, but a bigger venue. A, a whole and, lot and, bigger and venue. Some of, and venue. some of the challenges we have with this one hopefully will be in the past where they oh, double yes. book. and yes. Well, that, and uh, we are going to try to not just figure for us at a, I guess this is also be kind of new. We're, we're still working on it, but we think it's going to work. Uh, board game group and some uh, D&D groups. And right. we're looking into, like, expanding a good chunction chunction chunk of the section of the room so it's a new word chunction <laughs> but chunction. you know chunction it is, it's chunk and it's section it's now officially a word chunction <laughs> it is you know but you know so it adds more stuff it draws in more people absolutely how much space do you guys have here in footage I, I, I don't actually space. know but you got more in the NBC suites yeah. <clears throat> yeah we could actually take the fourth ballroom over there and it should that should be close to what we have okay. at the MC Suite. And that's Suite. a lot. That's and a lot that's more half of what MC Suite offers. Oh, so there's, so, there's, there's a, so not only, because I mean, what, what you're here now is you're almost at like 90% of Basically, the, the yes. utilization of the space that's currently in the Cool Springs Marriott. Yes. And so you could essentially, if you wanted to, double the amount of available space. Yes. You're not going to necessarily need it, but you can you have room to grow. It's there for, you know, future. Yeah. So we you know. So let me next week, next year, AOS Kings of War. Some of the bigger tournaments can have more people. Yeah, I mean, uh, we did like a low key, you know, poll. All the players seem to like the moving to June. So TNT is going to stay at NashCon next year. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. And it'll be in June. It'll be June, June five, five, six, seven. seven. Oh, I'll be there because it's close. Yeah. You should Actually, make it five games instead of six. You should definitely do that. It would give. That sounds like a team get, move. It would give people more time to do stuff. Like buy stuff from the vendors, hang out, play games. All the vendors actually made <clears throat> Even with the snap food, we had, they made money this weekend. Oh, yeah. So, There's a lot more people. Do you have an account <clears throat> on attendance for NashCon? Uh, I think it was as of, like, sometime before lunch yesterday, it was over 400. That's great. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's good numbers. And, some, you know, some people was looking like, well, you know, it looks like it's the same as last year. And I'm like, well, we've, we've added a third section, and it looks the same. So, you know, it's growing. I mean, you got 130, 140 fantasy players between, yeah. the, two, two game, between the two game systems. I think it was like, I think it was telling me 189 pre-reg. So, so you've doubled at the door? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so. That's excellent. I mean, you know, it's exciting. It's new. I mean, we are trying to get newer people into NashCon to well, grow it. we were just talking about uh, one of the things you mentioned. I know I have talked about this in the past, but the, having it inside this convention, you're you're gaining access to people. I call them the unfaithful, right? Like we already have the faithful. So the people that are at the tournament, you don't have to sell them on Kings of War. Well, you have the people that's it's window shopping, right? And so now you have access to all these people walking by. Yeah, and, and, and I guess and I can see it. I mean. We've had like old gamers. We had an old gamer Nick Bradley. We'll look in. He, he, he well, you made him actually be a. Well, first of all, he's a scrub, but you did you did make him uh, be the ringer. Yeah, uh, with with a list he's never played before. He said, "I can play anything." He goes, "I can play rocks and well, still win fair, this game." Well, to be fair, it's Bastlands. Anybody can play Bastlands. You just fly into their face. Well, when Nick them. couldn't, uh, that, that's the uh, bad thing. Well, he's doing his job as a ringer, though. I don't think he was. I mean, I, he, he was doing his job, but he was really trying. Well, what else you guys got? I think I've complained about six games enough and uh, talked about how much fun I've had, but that's it for well, me, I'm really. Ready. All right. So, Todd, you got anything else you want to add? We're just excited for next year. We just wrapped today down. In, you know, Five, it, six, seven. It, it, it'll be a short recess between the two convention, you know, the two dates from here to the next oh, NASCON. Oh. You know, we're, oh, right, we're because six in the months. last one you were in Memorial Day and you moved, so you actually had so, 18 months. 18 months. Now you've got six months. 
Holy crap. Yeah, so I mean, it's going to be Monday drops, you know, well, we're, you we're, we're hitting right? the ground. Yeah, because six, eight, yeah. Yeah, you got less time. Yeah. So. Well, well, I mean, honestly, this one's kind of on autopilot at this point. What, it is. More time. It is. More time. I mean, there's just a little cleanup here and there as far as the convention stuff. Did we hear anything about, because I know there was a whole bunch of events moving around. Where, where's Axe Grinder moving to? Well, Axe Grinder was, is moving into Convention Center in Chattanooga. That's part of ATC. Oh, I meant time-wise. It's, uh, it is shifting a little bit. I think it's end of May or um, I can't remember if it's the weekend before or the weekend after NASCON. It's within one to two weeks. It really is. Oh, okay. All right, guys. I know you had got stuff to do, so we'll let you go. Thank you. We're back. It's Sunday morning. We're with the Joneses. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I'm not a Jones. <laughs> Shelby's jumping yeah. the gun. That's Shelby Perkins, uh, Todd Perkins, and more importantly, Cindy Perkins' yes. daughter. Yes. Uh, let's, let's just kind of go around the room. Uh, Shelby, we'll start with you. You're here to kick butt. Girl, I'm part of their oh. team, the Joneses' team. Oh, are you really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we're yeah. starting that. Then. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what, what's your team called? Oh, what did I do? It um, the Journeyman Associates of Systematic Merriment. <laughs> and what's that acronym? I, yeah, I use the first letter of all of our names. Oh, I see. <laughs> so we have who's your fourth member? Uh, Alan Morrison. Alan, awesome, yeah. awesome. He's from Atlanta, right? Yep. yep. He's the friend with Brian. Was the ringer at Discover. Oh yeah. So we got Shelby Perkins, Michelle, and JJ Jones. Mm-hmm. So let's start with you, Shelby. This is not your first. Rodeo, you your dad drags you to a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> give us your how's your how's your TNT experience been so far? It's good. It's the first time I've done it on this as a player, so it's been fun. Hey, last, Everyone's been last great. year. You just been like a scorekeeper, yep. wait staff, yeah, <laughs> working paperwork, yep. handing out prize support, the Vanna White board, whatever. Yeah, I think maybe this part is better. So I like it. So how'd your game with Devlin go? Um. Good and bad. I mean, it was fun to play him. He helped me did learn more about my did army. He cheat? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, yes, he did a lot. All the time. <laughs> no, but I mean, I did lose. But it was helpful because he plays my army, so yeah. he was able to give me points. You're, you're kicking though. So where, where are you standing in terms of a record right now? I'm 1 1 and 2. That's pretty good for somebody that doesn't like, play yeah. as often. You know. Yeah, it's just my second tournament, so. Yeah. What, not, what's yeah. next? Are you going to Sword of Kings next weekend with your dad? Yes. Are you excited? Yes. Good. We can't wait. So. Absolutely. It'll be all three of us playing. So. What your mom's playing too? Yep. So uh, funny. The first time, the first time I ever played Cindy, I'm like, well, it's a, it's it's Cindy. She doesn't play a lot. I'm gonna pull my punches. And then by turn two, I realize I'm getting tabled. Yeah. <laughs> she, she tricks sh- you with her yeah, niceness. She shoots. She shoots me off yeah. the table. I'm like, oh, I, I guess yeah. I shouldn't have had to pull my punches. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's switch over to JJ. This oh, is your, and, and Michelle, both of you guys speak to, you haven't been to TNT before. No, no. What were your expectations coming in, and how did this live up to the expectations? Uh, I mean, we went to Siege before. I Siege didn't really have any. Yeah. yeah, Siege of Augusta. And did you go to D- Discover GT, right? Oh, yeah. We did, yeah. yeah. Don't oh. forget Brian's event. Oh, no, You no. will never live it down. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. We see him too much. We can't really Absolutely. do anything. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we've been going to a handful of tournaments here and there. We actually went to Axe Grinder too. Axe Grinder, uh, Ben Bowers event. Sounded yep. like really fun. They had like 20, 30 players. Yeah, it like was that. really good. First yeah. time. I couldn't get over it. And the, uh, the actually the venue, even though it was just in a mall, was pretty nice. Very wide and open space. Um, but yeah, we didn't have any big expectations. Uh, I, I wanted to win one game, so I got that so far. Uh, <laughs> Me too. <so>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
uh, oh, should I go over like what? What? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're running Basilea. I've got a low high, and then you're like so. the one that's just one below the real filth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't have the cat formation, so it that's right. Uh, it, it's interesting. I'm getting to where I've learned. It, it's um, it's one of those things. It's good in certain situations, and the rest of the time, I'm dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I think. When I'm building stuff around, I look. My favorite thing I've gotten so far are the Ogre Palace card. I don't care what list I'm making for Basilea next. There, you like the way they work. You like I the way love they work. them because uh, you get everything that is good about ogres and everything that's good about Basilea. Because they get Iron Resolve, they get Brutal, Crushing Two, they hit on threes, uh, Defense Five, and their Move Six. Right, and it's like it's perfect. That's so. awesome, Michelle. Over to you. Kind of what was your, what was your expectations going in and. How have you found it? Yeah, I mean, I knew it was going to be a big tournament, so I knew that it was going to be kind of just like, you know, a little intense, but also really fun at the same time. So I knew that, you know, coming here, I was going to have a lot of fun, and I was hoping to get, you know, at least one win, but, you know, I'm mostly just here for the fun, and I just love playing my army. I play Night Stalkers, so having a lot of fun. So, I've won one game yeah, so who'd far. who you beat? I beat, um, it was... Uh, he was playing Kingdoms of Men. Uh, I think it was Charlie or Charles. Uh, but yeah, he was playing Kingdoms of Men. And, the, name, uh, the, name, the names don't even. Once you crush them into the ground, you forget. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so sad. Like uh, we are, we're both awful with names, but yeah. we have like the easiest names to remember for everyone else. Absolutely. So it's one of those. Well, in most of our defenses. Like you, I mean, we we've seen all these people. It's easy for us to remember them because we've mm-hmm. played them fifty times. Yeah, so you, you guys, <laughs> a lot of these are fresh people. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people the first time. I think that's also the fun of it. You know, I've met a lot of these people before, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is great. You know, just making new friends and connections too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, talk about the convention, Shelby. Because hmm. last two years we didn't have it in Nashcon. Yeah. How has it changed having it in this venue? Um, I think it's better. I mean, it's a better hotel, so that's one thing. Yeah. So you're saying your dad chose poorly last time. Yes. No. <laughs> it's all his fault. Always. I like it. I think it helps. Like, having with NashCon, I think, you know, it seems like it is much friendlier this year. Not that it's not always, but it does seem like people are maybe having more fun. I'm not sure. Again, it's my... Are you having fun? Yeah, I am. I, <laughs> even though I keep getting table or you know beat up really badly <laughs> everyone's been really nice so i love it <laughs> what about fun. you have you guys been to a tournament before that is part of like a bigger convention i, I guess sort of siege of augusta yeah yeah, yeah. sort of same thing closest. hmgs event yeah. Yeah. yeah well i guess we went to a couple things when we were doing back when we were doing sigmar like yeah. we went to flat con up in flat illinois flat con yeah. yeah yeah so that, that was it was fun I've, i don't know if i could do that drive again let's talk about that's interesting you mentioned that mm-hmm. what made you are you still playing age of sigmar uh, not really. Honestly, we've converted. Uh, you look at my army; like half my minis are converted okay. over from Sigmar. So, what, yeah. what was it? Let me ask you this: What was it that drew you to Sage of Sigmar originally? Um, well, we mostly just started off uh, gaming with. We played the Blood Bowl Two video game, and we're like, "Oh, great! This is awesome!" So then we were like, "Oh yeah, they still have a board game for this." So we went, started that up. Then we went to uh, 40k. I didn't like the people we were playing with, didn't like the rules, and then we went to Sigmar, and we're like, okay, we like this a little bit better. Right. And then uh, I think we were playing for a little bit, and it was actually one of Brian's events over at Gigabyte's Gaming Cafe, which is like... like one the, of the one-day yeah. events, yeah. Uh, and we went over there and just like, oh, wow. Because it's funny, actually, last, not the most recent ATC, but the one before that, we were playing Sigmar up there. Right. And we were talking with uh, the guy at Ironheart Artisans, and he gave us the yeah, Alex. Like, yeah, he actually had given us the rule book, and I was thumbing through it, and like none of it made sense. 
because I was looking through. It's like, okay, where are all the little tiny rules? Where's like the? It didn't make sense. It's too simple. It's too simple. It's like this doesn't make any sense. So we uh, didn't ever play it. Then we went to Brian's event and saw it played, and we're like, oh, it is that simple. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, So yeah, just simple. The and then basically from there, we're just like, yeah, we'd much rather play this. Uh, So started playing Kings of War and just been sticking around because of all the people. I mean, it's just a great community. Definitely. Same over to you. I agree. It's just, it's so much friendlier. I'm learning a whole lot. I felt like with Sigmar, I wasn't really learning how to play the game or learning good strategies. So, you know, in Kings of War, I'm just learning strategies and Mm -hmm. also just making more friends, too. You weren't making friends in Age of Sigmar. Not really. Like, we'd play at the tables or, I mean, sometimes we wouldn't even. Would you say there was a, I mean, I've never played Age of Sigmar, but like in a tournament environment, was the table, I don't know what what I'm looking for, but like the... You'd be communication friendly. was it different? Yeah, you'd be Very friendly different. at the table. The person would be, you, you know, at least civil or friendly. Cordial, yeah, yeah, most of the time because you actually had when we were at FlatCon, there were some guys that were yeah not great. Didn't even introduce themselves. Didn't really care about me as a person. It's like oh, I'm playing a game and just I don't know. The attitude yeah. is just different too. Yeah. So that that was the. Uh, I wonder thing. though. I wonder what what. Because it's, I mean, we're all gamers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what that would be attributed to, right? Is it? I think it's the rule system, honestly. It's yeah. it, uh, it rewards you for that personality. If you don't really care about your opponent, you can come up with a list that is just gonna, uh, you know, wipe their face in the dirt, and it's just like you can't really do anything to. And if you have that attitude about it, it's like it's probably much easier for you to play that. For this kind of environment or this kind of game system it rewards you for making a more diverse list because i mean you can make you know well a you tough know list. about skew lists yeah i know and my, <laughs> like i said mine works in a couple situations and then the rest right. of the time bleh, right. which i don't really like i like having a nice back and forth fight right. the more i'm playing and getting used to everything so it's having the skew list is like all right i can do this and then i can't and then there's nothing there's no in between i hate not having an in between because then you don't have like a cool story about the fight you just have oh yeah i won or yeah i lost yeah so there's no in between shelby and michelle but how's it been for, you know obviously one of four women playing yeah. in our tournament has it been different than a past events that you've been to no, well, you, I mean, not for playing, me, but yeah. I've you've been, been playing since you were like two, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up and I played fantasy, so I mean, it is different in that. Like you said, the people playing fantasy are a lot different. It's a lot friendlier. Yeah. So, I mean, most of the people here I've known for a while, so I've gotten used to them, and, or they've gotten used to me. Yeah. So, maybe. Yeah. I guess same question to you, Michelle, though. Just how, how's the interactions been? I mean, it's been amazing. You know, just I think it's great, like, how welcoming this community is. And, you know, I, I can be competitive. You know, I like having fun, but I also like to win. And it's just so much fun to actually have, you know, the ability to do that in this game. Like, I think in previous games, it seemed like they didn't really care of how to teach you how to win. And then mm-hmm. this community, they're very much helping and willing to help you learn. So it's awesome. been amazing. Well, let's talk about your guys' podcast. You have a podcast. Oh, yeah. Let's get a plug in there. Where was the inspiration and kind of what is it about? Uh, well, we have uh, Nerdly Ever After, a uh, married couple's podcast that has nothing to do with being married, but everything to do about being nerdy. And I've had to memorize that little tagline. Um, we, we had been, did she write the tagline? Uh, I, I think I did. I so I know. came up with the name, yeah, Nerdly you came Ever with the After. Name. <laughs> and then you came up with the tagline. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but we had been planning on making it for uh, a couple of years now. And just finally, once we started King's Wars, like, okay, this is a consistent segment we're like oh, and then it started just spawning off from there that we okay we're gonna have multiple segments and uh go from there 
and yeah. That's... How would you describe your podcast, Michelle? So anything nerdy. It varies from Kings of War, video games, anime, TV shows, mm-hmm. um, anything, PC games, anything we do together that's nerdy. So mm-hmm. we just cover all sorts of things, books. Absolutely. Where do people go to find the podcast? Uh, well, we're on Podbean. Uh, we try and post. Uh, usually you'll see our new episodes posted in Fanatics. Or Well, we started Fanatics because I realized I hadn't been posting them in Fanatics the <laughs> entire time. But uh, you can go to Podbean. Be careful with Fanatics. It's a trigger for Brian. I, I know. I know. Hey, well, I put it on Worldwide, too, so okay, it's okay. All right. It's okay. That's, you you got to share the love. Oh, yeah. Because, he, you know, he's got a podcast there. It's just everybody's starting up one. It's a uh, podcast. How's, been the, how's the reception been? Pretty good, honestly. Uh, the biggest thing with certain segments is making sure we know we have enough material or sometimes we'll have too much. It's like, okay, now we got to move that to the yeah. next <laughs> episode and trying to switch things up. But uh, honestly, yeah, it's been good. And who comes up with the topics? Who come, Who does all the legwork? And then and who does the editing? That's the hard part. Oh, I do the editing because, yeah. uh, well, my degree's in film, so I've done uh, sound editing and things like that before. Uh, yeah. We, we kind of just we'll come up with together. We'll kind of share the topics yeah. uh, based on what we've been doing that week. Like if I've been watching a lot of anime, I might say, oh, I want to talk about this anime show. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we've been reading a book together. Oh, let's talk about this one, like Drizzt, for mm-hmm. example. It just kind of varies what we're doing that week because we have a lot of nerdy interests. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, Shelby, over to you. Mm-hmm. Back to the convention. Mm-hmm. What have you picked up? I know you bought some stuff. What did you see out there that was cool, um, and what did you buy? We bought, I think it's, I can't remember what it's called. It's Rune Wars. It's Rune Wars for Fantasy Flight Games, which is now an obsolete game because it killed it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you bought, but you bought. I think make it like an abyssal army, I think is what my dad said. So I think that's what we're going for next. Okay. It was cheap though, right? Yes. It yeah. was from Discover Games. Yeah. It's from Discover and Your, they, yeah. Oh yeah, our yeah, deck of the yeah. yeah. They had like a bunch of the room Players was stuff on sale. And, and uh, so we got all of that. Uh, what was the other question? Did you see anything cool? Um yeah there's been a lot of stuff. Um Undead I think looks pretty good, which I mean it's kinda of like what I'm playing Empire Dust. Right. So, stuff like that. But, I mean, there's been a lot of cool stuff that maybe in the future we'll try. Yeah. And do you guys? Did you guys pick up anything? And oh. does he get to buy stuff without your permission and vice versa? I see that. We just talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're just so good with communication that yeah. it's never been an issue. Yeah. Um, I think that we both want the same things most of the time. That's yeah. good. There's a lot of overlap. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's because we're both the youngest in the family. And... Mm-hmm. We grew up just like never having input on anything, yeah. so we always make sure we both have input on stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. So, uh, but yeah, no. Normally it's just like, oh yeah. Well, then I'll make sure it's like if I'm like very much if I'm iffy on something, I'm like okay, should we buy this? Should we do this? Like oh, okay, yeah, yeah, we should. And she'll do the same thing with me. So, did you guys yeah. see anything cool here? And did you purchase anything? Uh, not yet. We want to try and get something before the end of the term. I guess it's hard with four games yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot do you like the Let's go around there. Are you a in favor of four games. I uh, know. I mean, it's. I understand why because he's running six games, and you want to have two for today because people are trying. They're going to have a long drive home. But I'd rather if there was a way we could have a smaller event where it's just like five games. Right. Because if you do four games in a day, you don't feel like going out and like having some fun afterwards. Absolutely, Michelle. Some question. I totally agree. I think. Yesterday, after four games, I was so tired. All I wanted to do was go to bed. So, yeah. you know, having that ability to go out afterwards, get some drinks, I think the five games is a better balance, in my opinion. Just you guys didn't get done until like 8 o'clock last night. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a long day. Yeah, yeah. Like very long. Like 9 o'clock to 8. And Shelby, over to you. Well, long it days for you. Yeah. yeah, long days <laughs> for you are. That's part of the par for the yeah. course. Because if you're hanging out with Cindy, 
yeah, we're yeah. drinking till two. Exactly. So. <laughs> so, but yeah, so it doesn't bother me. But yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm gonna let you guys go because it looks like the score, war score's posted. Yeah. 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 Right. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. Rob can, Rob can get us to do anything, man. We all just love him so much. <laughs> we get questions a lot. What the hell is Billy Capgun? So this goes back about seven or eight years. So I didn't actually have Facebook until I met, right before I met my wife, so nine years ago. And uh, I was student teaching, so I had to have like a nickname so the kids wouldn't find me. Because, you know, I don't need to be fraternizing with the well, youth. Greg, Greg Burson just never goes on at all. He just lives vicariously through Jake. Yeah. Cherapika. And that's fair. I mean, that's probably a good idea. But, you know, when you're when you're recently single and uh, need to find some new ladies, Facebook recently is a helpful single, tool. So you were... Well, no, at the time, nine years ago, I was uh, just uh, experienced a breakup. Okay. And so I was like, I'm going to get in on this Facebook thing like all the youngins. You were like what, like 20? Yeah, 20, 21. So, Super young. Yeah, youngin'. So uh, anyway, I made, I made a nickname, and so that was actually my band's name. And so I just put it that. That way, if people ever saw my band, they would be like, oh, that's that guy from that band. Right, and it's a cap gun because it's a punk rock. Yeah. So I joke with people that it's from a uh, ludicrous song called uh, Growing Pains. But there's a line where he says, I loaded my cap gun. I'm ready for action. But he's talking about a gun gun. Yeah, he's not talking about pop-pop. He's talking about yeah. Big Bang. And then I also thought, uh, you know, on a more poetic level, it uh, the cap gun represented, uh, you know, childhood innocence and just playing in the backyard. <laughs> That's the most... Uh, I don't even know. At this point, I'm lost for words. Well, it's too uh, eloquent. And that was kind of... That was the, the ethos of the band was like, we wanted to just not take it as seriously as some people do. Because... You know, all of our songs are about Scooby-Doo and monsters and stuff, so people didn't... Uh, uh, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So, you know, it, it worked, and it's one word, you know, where we spelled it as one word, and, you know, and so it was easy to remember. It was six letters. Good to go. All right. Years have passed now, and I still have that as my name on Facebook because really I won't gun. let you change it, and uh, there are a large amount of people that think that is my real name. Right. Do you get that a lot? Hey, yes. Billy Capgun, that's yeah. nice to meet you. Yeah. So... Or like, or, or like, I'll register for an event and it's Billy Smith on there, and be like, "People are who the hell is this guy?" It, it's more unique than Billy Smith, though. It's very true. Absolutely.